Oh, he says Dave Jeskow joined. Are you Yeah, here? yeah, I see Hello? it. Hey, are you here? All right. Hey, hi. Wait. Hey, what? Memo. Memo, you and Dave are in the same place. We are to make it easier for you. Dave, let me hear you. Hello. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry. I don't think you have to worry about his volume. That's one thing you don't have. Well, to. yeah. Well, I want to make sure because I mean I already know we're in trouble for having crappy audio, and if he's gonna stand off in a corner and then later be like, <laughs> I can't believe you could pick up my voice, I gotta uh, know. I've known him so well for you know not knowing him. <laughs> oh, I know we're sitting, him. We're I sitting next number. to each other. Oh, okay. Are you holding hands? No, not yet. All right, <laughs> just checking. Awesome. By the end of this podcast, who knows? He'll probably be, he'll probably be on your lap. If we're on Skype, how come we can't see each other? Because <laughs> Donna doesn't do video Skype. I do not do video Skype, and I certainly don't do it at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's called, it's called fucking vanity. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been more entertaining? It's, For us, yeah. It's an act of kindness, believe me. <laughs> we, we were thinking the same thing on our end. Oh, okay. Since you guys are still in your PJs. And fuzzy buddies. He's in his underwear all the time now that he doesn't have a job. <laughs> then yeah, it's an act of kindness. I mean, it would be nice to talk to you guys. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you can see Dave. Dave, why don't you guys video Skype and I'll just. Why well, don't you know how to switch that over? What do I'll I do? I'll just be my cute meme or my cute avatar. That's all you guys I've, can see. I have no idea how to uh, switch. We it just over. switch the button. We should be on. Oh yeah, we can. Oh see. wait, there you go. All right, can you? Can you see me, though? No. You can't see me. You have to oh. hit your button. Oh, the little camera button. Yeah. All right, I just hit it. It'll, it said comes. video turned off. Oh, there I am. Oh, there he is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, Donna, now it's your turn. Is that too? Okay. It's not even funny. There's absolutely zero way I'm turning my camera on. Come on. Sorry. What? What could possibly? Why not? <laughs> no, no. I like the air of mystery. Look how cute I am in my little avatar right there. That's just you are cute, cute in your little cute. avatar. Come on, just put it on. No. Why not? I said no. <laughs> how bad is it? I said no. That's not cool. You know, Memo drove all the way over here from Queens in the morning. I rode my bike. That's a, yeah, he rode his bike here. It's true. You so have no happy. idea how difficult that is. The least you could do is put on your video camera. No, not doing it. Put a hat on. Put a, if it's your hair, put a hat on. Yeah, put Stop a hat on. harassing me. Stop harassing me. I'm not doing it. You can wear one of those, like, anonymous masks. <laughs> I'm like, like a paper bag over my head. If you, don't, <laughs> if you don't put that camera on, I'm pressing hang up. He, he will, too. You know, he, uh, um, the compression makes it all softer, whatever it is you're trying to hide, like, because it's all yeah. pixelated. So it's like you're wearing makeup. It's like it adds makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Donna. It takes 10 years off. I'm not doing it. So either hang up or let's move on. All right. <gasps> don't, don't do that. Just because going to hang up. I know. <laughs> I can see his face. <laughs> oh, okay, my gosh. He literally left. Did they? No, they must have messed up. It said, my corner said Jessica left. They left. <laughs> what well, did you make them join back? Donna, how bad is it? I haven't showered oh. or anything. I, there's no way. Put a hat on. No, I, I don't. Ha no, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I just am not. I'm... <laughs> God, that is, you are so vain. 
If you could only here, like I'm gonna take a picture of myself and send it to you, so you can, can see what I look like. I can see you. You're still on video. I see you taking a picture. Of oh, yourself. you see me? Yeah, I see you. How many fingers am I holding up? Uh, well, let's see. It's two, three. You're, and you've got your um, turbocharged shirt on. You've got your headphones with your little mic. Yeah. You see my Star little Wars necklace? Thing. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's got all the babies' names on them. Oh, precious. Babies. Yeah. Oh, Jessica was joining oh, back in. Oh, now they came back. All oh, right. we we continued without you guys. Didn't oh. work. <laughs> it didn't work. She's she's that vain. Dave, we want to hang up again. Oh, yeah. Dave Curry hey, was comforting that's an awesome you. T- I didn't realize that's a T-shirt. That's a that's a great T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, see, that's so awesome. <laughs> All right, this is cool. <laughs> All right, so shall we get started, yeah. gentlemen and uh, yeah. no. ladies? Dave. Only you ask the questions. We're not speaking with Donna. <laughs> oh, my so, God. I mean, how much fun is this? Donna, please. I don't even want to talk to you. Dave, I mean, how much fun is this? We're all looking at each other, right? This yeah. is like, yeah. it's festive. Donna, you're no fun. Could you hang up and just Dave and I'll do it and memo? <laughs> That'd be really helpful. I'm Got pretty it. angry. <laughs> I, I just can't believe you won't turn on your camera. This is so exciting. I never get to do this. And here we all are. And we're in different states. And you yeah. couldn't do this 10 years ago, and yet yeah. you won't comply. Surely Dave's seen more unkempt women than you, Donna. I mean, come on. <laughs> She's not answering now. Well, Donna! It's probably best if she just hangs up. <laughs> oh, stop it. All right, we're, gonna, we're just going to get started. This is a great, this is a great start. Um, I've seen him do this to waitresses, and it's never, it never ends well. So <laughs> I, I guys I'm really pissed. So Dad. <laughs> okay, okay. So, do you want to give me twenty minutes to take a shower? Oh, jeez, Louise! <laughs> Gotta be kidding. <laughs> we have a we have a friend coming over. Some yeah. Okay. Minutes. Hey, Dan, I'm gonna get started. Are you recording? Yep. All right. Let's let's just get started. All right. So okay. we do our we do our little intro, um, and then we'll just get started. All right, Dan. So I'm gonna count down in three. Hey, welcome to Night Thoughts, the Cars podcast, episode 59. I'm Dave, and I have absolutely no headroom on the VCAs. And joining me, Idaho's pride and joy. She's got a squirrel on the wheel powering up the internet, our own sweet purple June Donna. Hey. Hi, Donna. How's it going? Um, it's going okay. I Can I just say you look fantastic today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Wait. Donna, some people loved it, some people hated it, some even wrote uh, hilarious negative reviews about it, but we're talking more turbocharged today with creators Dave Jeskow and Memo Salazar. How's it going, guys? Hey. <laughs> no, oh, I may be Dave, the only one speaking. <laughs> Dave's not talking. Dave is now protesting. We've got a, a podcast protest going on. 
He was protesting climate change. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off the show, guys. Can, shall we start off with an Idaho intervention for Donna? What do you mean? This yeah, is an Idaho mean? intervention. We want to convince you to move out of Idaho. Oh. <laughs> I love um, my Idaho. You love your Idaho? I'm not going anywhere. All right. Can you, can you t- say the, the top three things about living in Idaho? Um, top That's three, a sincere question. That's, top three things about living in Idaho. Well, where I live especially, we're kind of out in the woods away from, we're about an hour away from the, the big city. And so we've got peace and quiet. We've got amazing woods and rivers and skiing, outdoor stuff. And um, Is your outhouse like on the edge of the woods? <laughs> I don't have an outhouse. Oh, that's close. <laughs> we have all of the modern amenities but without the big city feel. Uh-huh. Okay. Right, I can't do this with Jessica looking like that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not going to get any better because she can see you on the little... Wait, she can see us, but yeah. we can't see her? Yeah, uh-oh, this is going to get... I know, oh! <laughs> um, this reminds me of the scene... This reminds me of the scene in Turbocharge when they're arguing about the shirts before um, the, the... you the know, sack? Yeah, with Brian Gumble. <laughs> And then, you know, the camera rolls on and they're all smiling. Except, I guess we're not smiling. No, Kevin I'm Cash really was smiling. pissed off. He was really mad. Jessica's <laughs> angry. He's going to do an angry interview, which I think <laughs> is That's those are, those are the best. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't pressure you, Donna, ordinarily. I'm like, whatever you want to do is fine. But you may, for the sake of your show, want to turn on the video chat. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing there. it unless I take a shower. So. Oh, wow. Do you have cold cream on your face, Donna? You know, the mask? I, I know what you're talking about, but, like, I, like, this isn't funny to me anymore. So right, yeah, yeah. not funny to us either. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe this interview isn't for you. Well, we could just keep going. I mean, I, you don't, I don't need you to turn on the video chat. That's fine. So it's we like, could just talk to Dave. You know, we'll be cutting all this out. <laughs> yeah no it's i mean i'm fine ha, you know you don't have to put that i, I was just suggesting. Go with the flow kind of guy <laughs> if any of you have ever listened to my podcast <laughs> you would know i am not it's true um this pretty much is how we got the movie made what you're this right now so <laughs> which is why it took four and a half years <laughs> but um yeah well, let's let's start off i started off uh yesterday morning listening to uh, the soundtrack i put kind of a soundtrack together and i'm walking into a school down the hallway and i catch myself whistling mr green screen which was totally surreal to me that i'm walking down an elementary school hallway whistling mr green screen <laughs> i don't know how to respond to that That's it was just weird i'm just thinking how do i if somebody asked me what this is i'm whistling how do i explain this to them i don't know how many times have you seen the movie by now i have no idea at this point i just watched it again this morning <laughs> i watched it last night so you guys probably have seen it more than i have well other than the if i remove the editing process of you know i don't know how many times i've actually sat down and watched the from, whole movie from beginning, beginning to end yeah i mean just ed, you know editing it makes it makes you never want to see anything that you worked on ever yes whatever <laughs> it is so as you probably know even with the podcast so like 
Um, you guys probably know it better than I is what I'm yeah. saying. Well, I would say that Don and I most definitely have seen the movie the most out of the fan base. I'm sure. So we should be getting some kind of plaque for that, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it's on your chest. No. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. So we just I know we just have kind of questions that Don and I want to ask and or, or uh, things that we want to uh, want you to explain to us and so forth. Um, I'm going to start with a big one. And this is the the joke that um, Donna and I talked about a lot back and forth. And neither one of us, um, I think, had the guts to bring it up and, and just come out and ask the the non joke in the movie at the beginning, the, the horse and the penguin picture. <laughs> oh, you, you mean like what's up with that joke? That's well, yeah, because neither one of us. What is the joke? Yeah, we didn't no. get it, and we just figured it's a non-joke. Yeah, it's, so um, I'll field that one, David. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what happens was, well, okay, so I, the original version of this, you probably already know. Tell me if I'm repeating all this, but you, the original version of the movie did not have a penguin and a snowman in it. In case you were okay. wondering, it was literally just imagine all the scenes strung together without. The penguin and the snowman. Um, yeah, you can turn on the light. And so, um, you know, like Jessica wrote the script. We kind of just filmed what he wrote. I put it together, and like it didn't make any sense because it just kind of jumped around from scene to scene with no structure or anything. So, uh, at that point, I was like, "This isn't working at all." I, I got a little. Well, not, I don't know. I, I remember just feeling anxious because, like, I had spent I don't know how long on this thing, and it was just didn't make any sense. And, I mean, I kind of knew that when we were filming it, but I just sort of assumed Jessica knew what he was doing. And then <laughs> I said he, he didn't. So I, um, I, I organized a screening. It was a memorable day. I organized a screening in my living room with, like, a bunch of my friends who kind of all work in film and TV and whatever. And Jessica, and we watched it. And then when it was over, you know, I was like, there was silence. And then, you know, people started giving their thoughts and whatever. And, like, it was pretty much just, like, there was a lot of funny scenes, but, like, it was hard to follow what was going on. There was no through line. It didn't make any, you know, sense. Because it's just, like, imagine pulling out all the narration and you're just jumping from scene to scene. <clears throat> so um, then Jessica went into, like, a year-long depression, um, which I don't think I'm exaggerating. Like, and so the movie just sat there. And then um, he finally was like, okay, let's finish this. And in the meantime, we'd been throwing like ideas of like what narrative thread to, to put together. And then one day, and I give him all the credit, he was just like, hey, why don't we do like a Rankin-Bass, like Frosty the Snowman thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that works. Um, which I was, you know, at first I was like, what? And then it kind of made sense in a weird way. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So then we worked on like those narrative connecting bits and then Jessica got Jonathan Katz from Dr. Katz to do the narration. So we went up to his place in Massachusetts and we recorded him in his home studio. But, you know, Jonathan Katz is Jonathan Katz and he kind of just says whatever. And so he just a lot of like he's very dry. And so he had the dialogue, but he would just improvise stuff over it. And one of them was like, well, how do you explain this photograph? So like he had stuck that in there. And he was just responding to the penguin's previous line, I forget, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. But there was the, nobody explained it. He just said it. So then when I was animating it, I was like, well, now I have to like animate to this 
to make it sense. So then I just added that drawing. Like I just, you know, and so that's it. I mean, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just Jonathan improvised that. And then we had to like work around it to make it something. So uh-huh. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, which is, yeah, you're right. It's a total non-joke. There was no like, nope. well, you know, Rick Ocasek in 1964 was horseback riding. There's nothing like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I thought there was a Godfather reference or something. I was thinking, oh. what is, what could it be? You know? <laughs> We're not that clever. <laughs> well, you're pretty clever because one of the things I love is at the very beginning when the this music is starting and those newspaper articles are coming, you know, being layered on there. And I, of course, I've paused it and tried to read because at first I thought you'd have the headline and then you'd have like maybe six words and then it would sort of purposefully blur out because it was just gibberish. But there's actually it looks like whole, you know, paragraphs there of cars related stuff and so of course i'm like i gotta read that i want to see what those articles are if i can find the photoshop file i'll send it to you oh i would love it i saw something about paulina's phony accent when it's the one about when rick marries paulina and then of course the headline about the muppet babies crying because of the new cars (laughs) show and just hilarious looking stuff yeah, I did. You, I don't. Did you do any? I, yeah, you did. I did all that. So yeah, I mean, you know, I like. I was like, well, let me watch what Rankin Bass did, and that's how their special starts. So then I thought, oh well, let's just keep the parody going. And so I just literally copied what they did. Like it starts off with this old footage of like, you know, I mean, that's. I'm, we're just. It's completely exactly how, whatever the hell the name of it is. If was, I was happy right now and <laughs> wanted to talk to you. <laughs> I would say that um, because I'm really – I might walk away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I cannot. You just want to go check the spread. Well, that No, there's too. nothing happening now. I'm really no. angry that you won't turn on that video. <laughs> it's not cool. Memo, would you hold but his yeah. hand? Can you hold his hand, Memo? That's a bad – No, you're just pissing me off more and more. <laughs> everything you say, every time I hear oh, your voice, Lord. I'm getting annoyed. So, Pascal, are you being 100% free? serious? Yeah, yeah, he is. I, I wish I could okay. say he was joking. Well, then we He's should not... be done. Then we should well, be done. Well, crap! Go in the shower, and Dave and I and Memo will talk. Okay. <laughs> For 20 minutes, you're gonna go get. You're gonna go. Oh, she's going in the shower. Good, good now let's get serious. <laughs> I will tell you this, David. Wow. The uh, opening scene—it's it, all Memo's doing. I mean, he was when I saw it, I was like, boy, this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't remember it. Like, I don't remember exactly. I just remember I just kept going with the joke, you know, and, and making up all that stuff. And it was fun. It was like, I mean, it was more work that, you know, like I can't even begin to describe. I think the opening credits are my favorite thing in the entire movie, especially even the music. Yeah. Yeah. And the the, the whole uh, going to the the uh, I don't know what you call it. I guess the um, who's starring in the movie with the presence and so forth. That's, that's directly. Yeah, from, uh, that's, a, that's my favorite part. That was all memos doing. He's a genius. Yeah. Gabor, we got to give Gabor credit. So, Oh my God, that was that guy. Yeah. We told you about that. You know, when we said we were going to do it, then he came up with all the, the dolls. Like, you know, I told you memo went to his house and it was like that back to the future scene where he's like, please excuse the crudeness of this model. But he had built this <laughs> entire village. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. No, that's he really he he built that whole set. I just kind of showed up, and he was like, "Look, I did this," and I was like, "What?" You know, uh, it was pretty impressive. So he he has this big he had a big he has a big old house in Massachusetts. So I went up there and I spent a week animating all that stuff. Um, 
I'm talking about not the obviously not the newspaper stuff, but the um, all the actual stop motion animation. Yeah. And, and, and he has all those. Although, I mean, they're probably deteriorated by now. Well, so, so he found them, you know, thanks to you guys, actually, and and sort of pushing this along, like, he's got inspired and dug up, like, when I, I he sent me pictures, like, a little while ago, and he, he had the dolls still, and they were deteriorating, and he said, I'm going to try to fix them up. So he's kind of been working on them a little by little when he has free time. Oh, so they cool. do exist. That's why okay. we should film something again so we can do best animated short I was looking at some of the ones for the Oscars this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all horrible. I mean, why can't we just put our dots in? Why not? I guess. There's a right Rick Ocasek in Wonderland. Yeah. And, you know, I did this all We can do the last days of his life where, you know, his wife, where he kicks his wife out of his will. Done in stop motion animation. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad idea. People are like, no, these guys are obsessed with the car for some God knows reason. Yeah. Yeah, the weird thing about about Rick Ocasek's death is that, you know, I think I've talked to you before, Dave, about um, all the, what we call the Orbots, all these weird fans who claim to have psychic connections with Benjamin Orr, that he visits them in their dreams, um, you know, just you weird say stuff. say Donna's name. <laughs> no, no, Donna's not, Donna's not like that at all. But these are just, I mean, really strange people. But and now that's starting to happen with Rick Ocasek, and it, it blows my mind. But you know, you we all have our our favorite celebrities, and they pass on, and you know you feel terrible. It's it's an end of an era. But when you've got people who are posting day after day after day, oh my God, I miss him. I miss his smile. I miss you know blah blah blah. How will life ever be the same? It's like you're a little too far in the spectrum there, uh, person. It, yeah, it just misses Ocasek's smile. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you just lose half your audience saying that? Is that a? <laughs> uh, you know, I, well, see, I've always been a Rick guy, and I've always and we've done like a couple of episodes um, talking down about the the crazy. Benjamin Orr fans. So no, we haven't lo- lost any of our audience. But Did you hear that they spelt his name wrong in the was it yeah. The of- <laughs> it was on the Grammys and the Grammys. Well, the Grammys they spelt his name wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of that, so so you know us ignorant people always say Ocasek. Yeah. But you're obviously saying Ocasics, which, yeah. which is the correct way of saying it. But that's what you get. That's why your name gets spelled wrong at the Grammys when you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't say it the right way, or you have beatitude or butitude. That makes you. That's what you get. Well, that's what makes it brilliant. That's. Um, it's <laughs> that, both. That's the kind of brilliance I'm talking about. <laughs> from from um, what I understood, it didn't matter to him how people pronounce. He didn't it. care. That's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Did it bother him that they're always butchering? Yeah. It would bother me. It's got. It's bothering him. He came to me last night, <laughs> and he said it's bothering him that they misspelled his name in the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I think it's only a matter of... And he goes, I can't believe they spelled it wrong. I gave them every opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I used to say in the early days, Ocasek, too. But then I think what uh, changed that with MTV, when he'd say, hi, I'm Rick Ocasek. And he'd actually pronounce his name correctly. Oh, I see. Yeah, but I've heard... heard but Somebody I never heard anybody say, like, people always said okay like I've yeah. never heard people say Ocasek. Yeah, he's I feel like Ben Orr used to say Ocasek. Like <laughs> <laughs> it would piss him off. I call David Attell David Adel. Right. It really gets him off. <laughs> and and what is uh, uh Rachel Feinstein? It's Feinstein. Yeah, it took me yeah. a while to 
figure that because I was like, could you be any more Jewy with that <laughs> name? And Feinstein is worse than Feinstein, actually. Yeah. So then I always tell myself, I know it's Feinstein because it's more Jewy than you could possibly imagine. Which is, which by the way, history. That's the first time Jewy has ever been said on our podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. And he can say that because he's a Jew. I think I'm well, the yeah. first. Ever had and I can do all the Mexican jokes you want to get away with. <laughs> yeah, we got this gay guy coming over later, too. What a day for me. <laughs> well, there went three quarters of our audience. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, Life Manelli's publicist coming over later. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's actually true, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, one of the, the gems uh, of the movie, the, the part that I really like the most, is the trifecta of the – um, the calm uh, destruction of the hotel room, which goes into the music montage, which goes into Jack Holtzman with the uh, with the panorama album. Uh, the Rick Henriksen. How did that come about? Using using his uh, music. I uh, I'll field that one. This <laughs> <laughs> I'll field that one, Brian. Um, and I'm talking to you, Mr. And Mrs. Front Porch. <laughs> I, uh, oh, that's always funny. I don't know. <laughs> Was that even in the script? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Um, I used to be part owner and mostly hanger outer of this bar called Caliban on 26th and 3rd. And this kid, Rick Henriksen, was a regular. And, uh, you know, we just all used to have a connection at this bar. So he was a musician. I was a comedian. The, my friend Vincent was an actor. And there was models. So this one of these guys was Rick Henderson. He hung out at his bar with his girlfriend at the time. He lived on Elizabeth Street, which is in Little Italy. He was a great guy. And we used to see him play a couple times because I always thought everybody – that's the thing about this bar, and I guess that's why I brought it up, is that no one seemed to be full of crap there. You know, every time you'd say, I'm a musician, I'm a writer. I mean, this bar was insane. These models were actual models. They were working models. You know, it wasn't like people were full of shit. It was the most unbelievable place on the planet because, you know, most bars, people are full of crap. But we went to go see everybody. We got to see him play once, and he was really good. He was obsessed with Elvis Costello, which is you can probably tell in most of his lyrics. Uh-huh. And then he put out this album, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing album. It's an amazing album. And I said, do you mind if we use it? And he goes, you use whatever you want. What the fuck do I give a shit? Like, yeah. And that's the only album he ever put out. It's the only album that he, that he, that he left the business. He worked at Crate and Barrel. He got married to some other girl, had wow. a baby. And he was, I can't even find him online. I wanted <laughs> to thank him and say, hey, we're putting out the movie and all this stuff. He doesn't care. He signed a thing. Everything's cool. But, yeah, we don't even know where he is. I mean, it's worse than Kevin Cash working at Rikers. <laughs> Never to be seen again. That album was great. You know, we used the While She Whistles Wiley at the end, too, uh-huh. for Kevin to sing at the end. I mean, yeah, that, that album became a treasure trove for us, you know, between him and Eric Barrio letting us yeah. use all their stuff. It was really great, great guys, really talented people. Eric's, you know, still, I mean, he should be more famous, but Rick doesn't, you know, he doesn't try anymore, but. Yeah. yeah, Eric's doing pretty well, like, locally in Boston. He wins, he's usually at the top of, like, I know, Boston I want him to be better. So on. Yeah. I want him to do better because he's such a sweetheart of a guy, and I love his music. And so Cars influenced, you know, that's why I like it so much. It's very melodic, and he, you know, likes the keyboards. (laughs) He does. Now, you, uh, talking about Okasik, Okasik, it's Eric Barrow. 
Which is no, going to blow your mind. Mario. No, it is barely. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm going to call him that because I'm going to teach him a lesson. About, <laughs> oh. No, just say your name the way it is. No, I, I don't know. You know, I just, I don't, I, he probably told me that a hundred times and I. Did he? I don't oh. listen. He told me when, because he, he was on our podcast. And, what? Um, yeah, he was on. When he, we uh, Just before or after we did the first turbocharge episode, he was on. But I asked him, okay, Eric, how do you pronounce your last name? And he said barrel, like wheelbarrow. So barrel, that's how it stuck. Oh, see, now if you say it like wheelbarrow, now I can yeah. understand it. Yeah. That's better. Thank you. Yeah, can there you go. <laughs> no, then I'll be able to remember it. I need stuff like that to you – know. this, this is probably – a dangerous thing to ask, but um, if Donna's listening, will you come back? Cause right, I, I she's miss showering. You. Yeah, she's showering. She's going to come back. Oh, it's okay. good. It's all good. I am not. I am yeah. not comfortable doing the solo thing here. I know. Why I not? Feel, You're doing a great bad. job. Let, let me tell bad. you how this how this uh, Night Thoughts podcast works. People love Donna. What? I'm the guy that pisses people off. Yeah, she's right? like Kim Deal. She's like I'm the Kim guy Deal. that people tolerate. It's all Donna. Donna could do this show by herself. Kim Deal of the Pixies. Everybody loves her and hates Frank Black. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's because they don't care for his life. So trust me, I'm probably going to get all kinds of shit for Donna having to go shower to come back to this. Hey, that's her problem. I mean, what's the <laughs> story? I mean, we're all having a good time on video chat. We, you know, I said Memo rode his bike over the Queensboro Bridge to be here. Yeah, why don't you shower and make yourself look nice for my friend here? There we go. He's using me. Thanks. There's Donna. There you go. Yeah. Well, look how Donna's pretty she great. is. Yeah. What's the matter with her? She's wearing uh, Eric's uh, jacket that uh, he bought from Rick Ocasek. Oh yeah. Oh. Listen, we love Donna. I mean, Donna's great, but I swear to God, I couldn't do it if I knew that she was watching us and we can't see her. I know that <laughs> she was driving me crazy. So I, feel, I just you know, wanted, you know, you the, see how much better mood now that she's gone. The express. And I can't wait for her to come back. I just want to say the uh, opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily reflective of. Uh, yeah, Memo's the coolest. He can go. He's a go with the flow. <laughs> Memo's the. Yeah. It's amazing. He's he's great. Yeah, he doesn't well, just, care. He knows how angry I get about this stuff. I would have been the worst guest. It wasn't the right issue. It was best if she left. But you, <laughs> you know, to give you, you know, since this is about turbocharge, this does bring up the fact that so when we were working on the film, I barely knew Jeskow. Um, and so shooting went pretty well, all told. We even had some like really hairy moments, um, like when we were shooting in that, you know, that suit studio, and that guy walked out. The yeah. flock of seagulls <laughs> guy just left, and he never came back. And everybody's like, "What? What's?" I mean, there was like all these things that happened, and you know, we it, but we made it through and whatever. And it just seemed normal to me. And literally every single person that knows Jessica, all his friends, all the comics that um, were in the film and whatever. Walked up to me, would always walk up to me and be like, I, I don't know what you're doing, but he's like, I, I've never seen him this calm. Like, he's behaving like he would have usually had, like, destroyed the blow. Like, they, yeah. everybody was so And I can tell you exactly why it took every ounce of my being. The first day of shooting, I said to myself, all these people are working for free. They're doing us favors. I am going to be extra polite. <laughs> Nothing is going to get me mad. Nothing's going to get me upset. Everybody's doing me a favor, and I'm going to take the time to remember everybody's name, you know, the right because I'm really bad at that, and I'm going to really, really try. I mean, this is how hard I had to work, 
at making sure that I didn't wasn't the normal person I usually am. And then the first guy I met is this guy Gabor Menskovitsky, the worst name that anybody could ever have when you're doing your best to remember somebody's name. How do you even pronounce that last name? Medvedsky. Gabor. I'm like, what? Is this a test? Is this a test? Which, by the way, it's Gabor, but nobody. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Gabor. Nobody says Gabor. Everybody else was named Joe and Steve <laughs> and Mike. You know, and I was just like, I mean, I, I was already, you know, memo, you know, like, I'm like, but Gabor. I'm like, this. You're challenging me now, aren't you? Somebody told you to do this, but I really had to. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm crazy and uh, very angry all the time, and I had to put it in my head to try and not be that way. Yeah. I wish I could do that on a daily basis, but I can't. <laughs> you just have to keep working on movies all the time. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was truly like I got to know him later and be like, oh, this is a the guy they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But it was, you know, during the film, it actually went really well. Yeah, I tried really hard. Yeah. I'm sorry, maybe you should have told me today, you know, you should have called <laughs> me yesterday and said, like, listen, God is insane and just be prepared. <laughs> well, uh, back to Eric, what, what I really like all of his the soundtrack work that he does in there. And he actually played for us um, when he was on the podcast, his evil Phil Collins, <laughs> which I think is genius. It's, it's, it's incredible. I can't, I don't know if it's, if it's in the film. And well, Eric seems to think it's in there during the time when, when Ben meets Phil Collins in the street. Right. Oh, the evil Phil Collins music. Right. The oh. underscore that's there. When he when they're talking and he's sort of giving him his speech about how to how to act as a you know he's giving him yeah. advice. Yeah, I mean that's Eric's music under there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know he maybe composed more and we just used a, sol- a bit of it to make it fit the scene. We tried to make it like Animal House, where each character had their own theme. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But and using the the cautions music in there too. Um, when and when I, when I first I didn't know what uh, Eric looked like and I wondered if if that was him actually in the movie and he said no they were had a gig that day or something when you were filming that and then then I made the connection that it's you memo on the drums right. in this scene oh, yeah that's right, right. yeah this, we we just I forgot you had that long hair yeah I had my long hair back then that, so we we just needed like a bunch of people and so Rachel's brother that's Rachel Feinstein's brother is like the lead the, the Rivers, Rivers Cuomo yeah, oh, right. <laughs> the girl on the base is that Danny Bonaducci's sister? Because she has no clue what she's doing in there. No, her name is Amber Tozar, and she used to be a comic. And I think she moved to Colorado or something. <laughs> but yeah, she had no, she had no idea how to play the thing. <laughs> so I feel good. Who's that, who else? Who's that other guy? Wolfie? What was that kid's name? No, no, that kid. Who was that kid? I don't even remember. He was like, yeah. Where did we find that kid? He came to he came to help. He was helping somehow. Oh yeah, he was just helping, right? How did we find that was guy? Was he like an NYU student? I don't I don't even remember anymore. That's a really good question. He came to help. He was in the crew, and we were like, oh, we need a fourth person. Like we kind of just improvised. But he looked good. Yeah, he looked. Hey. You guys looked like a band from the yeah. 90s. I mean, it's, <laughs> right. It's really weird. Right. Yeah. That was the basic idea. Was and what like, we call them, Wizard. The Wizard. In that just was the name of the mind. band. They were called Wizard, not Weezer. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wizard. <laughs> I thought we put that in the credits. Oh, maybe. I think we put it in the credits. Wizard. The, as you can tell, like Jessica's naming convention is like Pengi, Breezy, <laughs> yeah. Wizard. You just put a Y in the end. Yeah. yeah. I have a limited brain capacity. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Eric has a, he just put out a new album, uh, Obsolete. So yeah. if you haven't picked that up yet, I mean, that's, it's incredible. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really catchy. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. We're lucky yeah, we're always him. rooting for him. We like him a lot. And he, he came to, when we had that uh, Ben Orr book event in Boston, he came there. So it was really cool. Didn't get to spend much time with him. Um, but, uh, yeah, very nice guy. That's cause he's always surrounded by chicks and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. All right. So I was thinking about giving you two a, uh, a quiz about the cars. What do you think? Yeah. Sure. About the car, the actual band. Yeah. The band, the cars. This is going to be very embarrassing. All right. <laughs> okay. But these, these are just basic questions. That okay. 99% casual fans, well, I won't say casual, but I'll say 99% of fans can answer. All right, this is good stuff. This is, so uh, it's exciting. <laughs> I love trivia. It's I not love hard. this kind of stuff, and it'll be exciting because people will judge us, Wait, which I like. Let me yeah. get my uh, Google. Hold on a second. No. No cheating. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be funny because if you uh, don't know some of them, then people say, what are these guys doing making a Exactly. Now we're we're, <laughs> we're ready to take they that. They probably have already been saying that from the beginning. I, I could. I was just playing tonight. She comes on the piano. I could play you a little. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Number one. Name the Cars albums in the order of release. Oh, I can do that. I can do that easily. Okay. Bonus points if you can name the years. Okay. Okay. Seventy-seven. 77. The Cars. Yeah. You're wrong already. Seventy-eight. <laughs> 78, yeah. Okay. 79 is Candy O. Yeah. Okay. 80 is Panorama. Right. 81 yes. is Shake It Up. Adore 84 is Heartbeat City. Yes. And 88 is Door to Door. Close. 87. They broke up in 88. Well, you just missed uh, Heartbeat City. Right. Yeah. That's very Sorry. good, Dave Jessica. That was pretty close. Do we well, I just that? got the years wrong, but I got all the albums in order correct. <laughs> all right. Memoize how you I, I think I could do Rick's uh, solo I, albums too. I, I will yeah. heartily admit, first of all, even though I'm not young anymore, I'm younger than you guys. Yes. So I was, it, I just missed, like by the time I was a teenager, they were basically on their way out. Like I loved their music videos, you know, when like Heartbeat City and whatever. But that was like my intro. I had to go back later as I got older and like start appreciating their music more. But it definitely. You know, it was I was just I just missed it by this much. And so I I never I was never like the cars weren't like my jam. All right, know? wait, let me ask you this though. Be Beatitude or Butitude, <laughs> was that nineteen eighty two? Yes. Nice. And wait, the what what oh crap, what's his other solo? Fireball album? zone. No, not that one. <laughs> the the other one with uh Emotion, emotion. Uh, yeah, that's that the side of pair. The side of pair. Eighty six. Yes. And Ben Orr's album with Stay the Night. No, that's not Stay the Night. Yes. Oh, it is. You're right. That, is that also eighty six? Yes, sir. What about Elliot Easton Heart Like a Wheel? Eighty <laughs> five. Man, you are good, Dave Jessica. What's up? He's yo. good. What's up? He's good. <laughs> what yeah. about Big Pox? Greg Hawks song. Oh, I didn't even know. It. Didn't he only have an album of ukulele songs? No. <laughs> in in '83, he put out Niagara Falls, which is all just keyboard. Nah, I don't theme. think so. Yeah. <laughs> I totally think so. And he uh, he never um, 
released it on CD. It never got released on oh, CD. Well, and you can see why I would be confused. <laughs> yeah. I, you're you're very kind in indulging us to give you trivia questions about the cards. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so here's I'm, the next. One. I'm doing good so far. I I think you ought to be able to get this one too. Which albums did Roy Thomas Baker produce? The first one and the second one. For, yeah. I think that's it. Well, who did um? Two more. Who did Candy? Two yeah, more. Yeah, he did Candy. Well, I said the first one and the second one. Oh, okay. All right, so he didn't do Panorama for sure. He did he do did. Panorama. Damn it. <laughs> which is <laughs> which shake, shake it up. up. Shake it up. Oh, he did four. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it's so it's so strange that. Um, you know, Panorama, you, uh, Joshua mentions in the movie, which I think could have been mixed a little better. It, <laughs> that's always been a thing. And it, it uh, I hated that album when it first came out because it, it was just out, so everything. muddled, yeah. you know. But you and, have an appreciation for it later. Yeah. Well, I have appreciation for it later through Donna. Donna, it's her favorite album. Um, but <laughs> when they put out the remaster of it and really cleaned it up and brightened it up, uh, that's when I really – Took it. So now it's it's pretty much my favorite album now. Yeah, it's, my I have a good friend of mine in Boston. It's his favorite album as well. Which I never. I was like, really? And then I went back and heard it, and I was like, oh, there's some good stuff on here. So. Yeah, that's the one. That's would give me some slackers on that one, and mm-hmm. I like go a lot. Yeah, that the band that was playing uh, "Moving in Stereo." I'll give them a plug out of Cleveland. They came to Boston for that Boston event, and um, you know they play some of those deep cuts that. You know, your normal cover bands wouldn't play. And Give Me Some Slack was one that they played. Oh, um, yeah, they they do very well. Um, which, which by the way, people always talk about cover. Who's the best cover band and so forth? You see those cover uh, Cars tribute bands, and they've got the crazy. Well, they look like you uh, you guys in the movie, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the bad lyrics. Yeah, I was going to say, the, yeah. we got the Long Island band. Yeah, they, they accentuate the voice, the Rick Kukasic voice, you know, when they sing. And it's like, come on, just just do your best. Be a musician. And that's why the moving in stereo, I think, is the best. You uh, had them at your Boston. Oh, you just said that. Yeah, they, they were in Cleveland and in Boston. Um, oh. They're just incredible. That's good. All right. Oh, who was the guy who played RTB in the movie? Oh, his name is... Feldman uh, of uh, Adam Feldman, Adam Feldman, Feldman, I think, and Felber, Adam Felber. He's a writer for Politic, uh, the Bill Maher HBO show. Wow, he's good. He's yeah, good. he was great. He was good. Yeah, he wasn't like a comedian. I don't know. If he, I guess he was just a writer. We knew because I knew his sister uh, used to work at Comedy Central. She used to run a show down at this place called the Triple Inn, and I met him through that. And he was really, really good. He did a great yeah. job. When there's there's he, he has some of the best lines, I think, in the movie and also lines that none of us really understand. You know, the VCAs and plenty of headroom on a trident mixer. But that was all real. We, though, don't, know right? what the, we don't know what the hell those things are. No, but, but you know what's funny is um, the um, the woman that managed the studio where we shot that was watching. Remember that woman? She was yeah. and, she, and she was like. And, you know, she's watching us do that line, and then she, and I think we asked her, like, you know what this means? She's like, oh, yeah, I completely understand what that means, and it's totally accurate. Like, she, she got it right <laughs> away. A little, uh, butchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so she, like, it was, she, yeah, anybody who works in, in sound, in fact, yesterday I was at the studio, and, like, they were talking about the VCAs. So they were. And I was like, oh, VC, I wouldn't have been able to know what the hell, you know, suggest anything. But I they, mean, it, like, it's, it was in the script, you know, because I, 
I must have read it somewhere that that's what he was talking about. I mean, I took that dialogue from something he said. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And a goat well, being gutted. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that he made up himself. That was awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So excellent. <laughs> yeah, no, that line that he says, you, you have to take it out of the back and rape me. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that was all him. He's a good writer. Yeah. Leave it, leaving it for dead. That's what you're yeah. doing to the pitch. <laughs> we're going to do it again. No, we're not. Yes, we are. Uh, well, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly enough, Benjamin Orr was a one-take guy, so they say. No, he was so angry all the time. Why wouldn't he? Like, oh, we got it. We, it was the Sinatra. That's what we say. Oh, we got it. We got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. David, David Robinson tells a story of uh, of him. You know, hey Ben, it's time to sing your part. And him, you know, smoking and going in and putting the cigarette down and doing it, and boom, he's done. Or like. Uh, yeah, but that's just like Kevin Cash would. That's true. Yeah, that, very much that was the exact same thing. He's like, we got it, we got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Wow. All right. So here's here's the biggie. Uh-oh. What year did Benjamin Orr pass away? Right. Ninety. Two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand. It is. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm not even gonna try answering these because that's good. Yeah. Which is when the dream visitations and uh, paranormal sightings and psychic connections all started up for some of the uh, ladies. Well, it it was, I think there is evidence that it was connected to Y2K. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been. Could have been. Now, you're going to think this is a joke question. It is not. What are Rick Okasik's last words? (laughs) And it's not Rosebud. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome if it was though? <laughs> I, I know what it was. I think it was. Um... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again. Yeah. I think it's. I went through the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Christ of Misdemeanor. Yes, right. right. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, actually, he. You know, he was right a like, like that. He says, "I went out the window." He was a doodler, and he had left a doodle. That he had been working, I guess, before he passed away. And it was keep on laughing. It is what it is, is what he had written on it. That's wow. weird. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So he must have loved our movie. But, you know. He must have. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what Walt Disney did. Uh, the last things he wrote on the piece of paper, you want to hear something? Where's Kurt Russell's name? <laughs> what? Exactly. And then the people, <laughs> the people came to Kurt Russell and they're like, you know anything about this? He's like, huh? I don't know anything about it. Why are you bothering me? What the heck with that guy? There yeah, those go. are good flicks that Kurt Russell are, is in the uh, computer war tennis shoes. And yeah, now you see, now you know. Yeah, yeah. I call it the uh, Dexter Riley trilogy. Yeah. 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 They have those on uh, Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. Oh, they do? Do they? Cause yeah. You know what I just saw with my daughter was Condor Man. And that oh, was, that's the one you were telling me yeah, about. So, he's yeah, he's not in that's that. on Disney Plus. Yeah, I know it's not. Um, oh, I want to see that. But you that's brilliant. That. It's such so a great good. movie. All these old '70s Disney movies I've been revisiting—they're all good. Yeah, I have too. My wife thought I was nuts when I watched that darn cat. You yeah. married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that darn cat is my. That's that. That's one of the reasons why I got one of those black cats. Right. Right. Um, Ugly Dachshund. I've watched all the Herbie movies. Uh, the Million Dollar Duck. Million don't dollar don't forget the, the best one of all is Gus that stars. Oh, the donkey. The donkey. Yeah, yeah the, the mule that kicks in it for NFT yes. and stuff. Oh, that's right. It's Don brilliant. Knott, Don Knotts. Everybody's in it. Uh, Tom Bosley. 
Um, Dick Dick Butkus is in it. Yeah, uh, that, that's the best of the, <laughs> the the people they had in those right, movies, right. like Sandy Duncan, <laughs> right, and, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, there's a, a treasure trust of character actors who appeared in that st- all those movies, you know. But Gus had them all. Treasure he, trove. He what did I say? Treasure chest. Right. They, they say that you can you can suggest movies for them to add on there, but that they don't have um, the world's greatest athlete, which had oh, Jan Michael Vincent, nah, Jan Michael Vincent, and John Amos, and Tim Conway. Right. Um, That's incredible. They movie. do have the Apple Dumpling Gang. Yeah, so, one and two. the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. So, David, let me ask you this: on yes. we've. I, I posted about the, the reviews for Turbocharge on Amazon, ah. and I know you talked about them. Um, do you find them as hilarious as I do? <laughs> you know, uh, yes. Yes. Now, you know, it took a second. Uh, I think when I first put it up, it was they were extremely hurtful. I know the movie's not great, but when, I, when they first came up, I was a little devastated, even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. I think that this this thing is like we we knew it's coming, and yet when you see it live and and the hatred, the 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 absolute <laughs> hatred, that the, you know, the the left, the extent to what they write. Um, <laughs> you know, the fact that somebody would take that much time out of their day to write a hate-filled rant. Yeah, and well, that's you know, I think that's the thing, but then. So my friend Lawrence was reading them to me, and I got really angry because I think he took pleasure in the fact that <laughs> they were mean. Oh, oh, what's up? There you go. How hey, exciting. guys. Did I miss anything? It's about time. Anything? You look beautiful. Hi. Uh, well, what are you trying to do? Well, oh, nice. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Good. Isn't this much more fun? Oh, it's so fun. I missed oh, you guys so, so much. You, you got a you got an echo going on. I there, know. Donna. I'm trying to figure it not, out. Not for us. We don't have an echo. We don't hear an echo from her. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you don't? Just no, no, no. You guys sound clear. Okay. What's that light in the background? We turned ours off. Oh, uh, I can turn it off. <laughs> anyway, Donna, for the time. Oh, yeah, that's better. That better. Yeah, thanks. That's weird. For the yeah. time that you've been gone, we've been just sitting here staring into each other's eyes. We didn't know what to say. Yeah. I didn't wow. know you wore glasses. We well, they're, lost my, they're my old lady glasses. I don't usually wear glasses. They look ridiculous. I need him to read. <laughs> he's <laughs> oh, just gal. Now he's so just joking. Funny. Oh, I just wanted to pile on. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I was explaining to these gentlemen yes. how incredibly uh, frightening it has been uh, to me to do this podcast without you for this 20 minutes that you've been gone because this podcast is you. The fans love sweet <laughs> purple June and I'm the guy that they get pissed off at. And so, you know, I'm going to get a lot of flack because we drove you off the podcast for 20 minutes. No, not we, just me. Don't, you guys don't have to take responsibility for that. It was all me. I'm a major douchebag. We made Donna shower. Well, that's probably <laughs> a good goodness. thing for everybody involved, yeah. but, yeah. uh, I, uh, but no, I'm sorry. And uh, Dave, you did a, a really terrific job. I don't think covering. I, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say we didn't skip a beat, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to laugh and everything. So that was missed. But um, Dave did a, a wonderful job while holding down the fort. Well, so. I'm That's glad. Your, your uh, any criticisms about 
you know, that your fans may have, they're just going to post them on the Amazon site. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, bags. Why did you call her? What did you call her? Purple Jew? Is that what I heard? <laughs> so much trouble. But anyway, we were just talking about the the negative reviews, Donna, and um, there's just one on here in particular that just cracks me up to no end, and it's the guy who says he knew Ben Orr in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's got to be like 70. Of course he's angry at this movie. He's like, you know, when, they, when I was that age, they made, they made movie movies, not this kind of crap. That's <laughs> funny. There's, there's no, um, uh, we, no one's under any illusions about what the movie is, you know. Except for this one guy. <laughs> so it's like. He met Ben or he, he probably went to elementary school with him like one day and then he probably, you know, he talked to him once. What an asshole. I knew him in the 60s. That's yeah, pretty vague. But, but, you know, hey, when, when we did the first uh, episode about Turbocharge, Don and I both said, you're either going to get it. Or you're not going to get it. And the we people don't understand can... why you guys get it. Oh, we my gosh. It it's so it's just like we said, you have to you have to accept the fact that the the uh, characters of Rico Kasich and crew are characters. And there's not to base it all on fact. Right. You, you got to push all that away and just enjoy the movie for what it is. Right. And, you know, some so people can't. You would have thought that you two would not enjoy the movie for what it is that's why it's a, it's unbelievable well we have a well, sense of humor he, he means because um you know because you really love the band and you might have taken it as an insult or whatever yeah well, okay uh-huh. so there's people in the fanorama the fan group that are like stalwart you know they're that the cars are under this shrine umbrella and you only approach on your knees and that sort of thing that's not me and dave Dave and I see the band as a hilarious group of guys that made some kick-ass music, and we love them so much. And we have a sense of humor, so we're we can make fun of the guys that we love. I mean, we just can right. because right. because it's hilarious. And that's one of my favorite things about the movie is how you take things that actually are fact or are um, you know they've been talked about in the fan groups, and then you put a twist on it that makes it. So funny, like when they trash the hotel room, and you know the band is all, um, you know, edgy and like, yeah, man. And so then they <laughs> just very carefully dump nuts onto the table yeah. and they throw the pizza <laughs> box out. Yeah, but that's a true story. Exactly, yeah. exactly, it's a true story. But you made it so funny, so much funnier than it already was that it was even true. Well, the, the fact that the Ben, the Ben Orr is not a ladies' man. In the movie whatsoever, <laughs> yes. uh, and and you got Greg Hawks who's mean as a fucking snake. And <laughs> tough break, so man. Yeah, tough. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying that Ben Orr is not a ladies' man in the movie, or he's not a ladies' man in real life? Not he's a ladies', a ladies man, man in the movie. Yeah. He doesn't. You know, he hooks he, up with that girl though, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Except Joshua the whole movie. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, only because that, but only because his mother's hot. Right. There's a few times that people have asked, "Was that okay? Was that Joshua real?" And then, <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
know. Well, I we <laughs> he demanded that we put that in the uh, the, the penguin says that at the end. Like, what yeah. about that Josh? Oh game? right, right. Yeah. I'm like, who cares? Oh right, right. That was right. So yeah, the right penguin says that. Yeah, yeah, we had the the um the narr- that narration of the penguin and the snowman. I that was the only time I really contributed to the diet, you know, to the right. Like it was all written by Jessica, but I remember. Like there was a lot of things that he wrote, and I was like, I kind of used Pengi as the voice of my asking those questions because I was like, wait, that doesn't quite add up. He was thinking of you guys, yeah, and so I like, was thinking of no one. Yeah, so like I remember he wrote that you know the Cars invented new wave music, and I was like, eh, if you say that, you're gonna get crucified by anybody that knows anything about music. So I had Pengi then you know object and start throwing other names. So it was like a balance of like. The, the sort of showman snowman and then like Pengi, like the voice of reason. I don't know if that's intellectualizing Pengi, but. Um, that's pretty so. funny Pengi stuff. Who now, Pengi who now writes for Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Donna, the other thing that we were doing, uh, I was doing a kind Which of. Which Donna again? <laughs> we were, I was doing a, uh, a, a very basic cars trivia quiz. Um, oh. for these I, passed I passed on most of them, right? I, yeah, he got it yeah, very basic, but Jessica got them. Yeah. So I was asking what uh, what uh, album or what order the albums came out in, okay. uh, what years, uh, when did Benjamin Orr pass away, um, what was Rick Ocasek's right. yeah, what was Rick Ocasek's last word words, which oh, was okay. Rosebud Rose. <laughs> or out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I went out the window. <laughs> right, that one, right. <laughs> well, give me some more. Do you have any basic ones done? Um, well, I just do want to point out that I thought it was really funny when Robin Marks called in to David's podcast this last week, and she said oh, she was Rock at Hall the, Robin. Yeah, Rock Hall Robin, and she said she was at the um, Hall of Fame party the years the cars got inducted, the year the cars got inducted, and Elliot Easton told her she was a good dancer, and David Jessica was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it's like guys I can't Yeah, Rock Hall Rock Hall Robin, she she's got kind of a um a notoriety in the in the fandom as if you went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you find Robin. She'll she'll set you up. So oh there goes Donna. Yeah, Hello. you pissed her off again. Yeah, what did you say, something. Dave? Oh, oh is something sorry. wrong. Yeah. Oh, I guess she feels she didn't look good in that light. No, I just can't see my notes. Why does somebody in Idaho have such vanity problems, like you said? It's unbelievable. Seriously, it's not about – it's it's just – it's not because I, I think mean, I need to be beautiful for you. It's not – it has nothing to do with that. Do you know that David she and I – She knows. Oh, she yeah, know. you're not interested in how I look. <laughs> um, did you know that David and I have never video Skyped? No, I didn't know that. We have yeah, never... we have. Oh, you're right. We haven't. No, we have never. Have you got a much better way to do your podcast? Because in the sense of when you see people's expressions, it's much easier to feed off them when you're doing a show. You know, like you can see what's coming or what they're thinking. And, you know, you I mean, it's not a better at each other. Yeah, well, I, see, I, I always figured I, I don't want to see Donna rolling her eyes at me when I talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know. It's fine. It's good. I love seeing your guys' faces. Your really background, know. I like your background. That looks like a nice little place to podcast, Donna. And then, um, Dave, your place just looks too spacious. It's bothering me. This is my looks classroom. Like this is my. This okay. is our classroom. It does, but it looks. Oh yeah, let's see. See all my Latin stuff on the wall up there, and I got a whiteboard behind us, and. I I like seeing where other people live. <laughs> David, is your place? Is that your living room? 
This is my this is the den. This is my corner of the den. What is your window out? What is your window look out? Uh, it just looks out into our front yard. That's all my wife's stuff over there. She's an accountant. And then all my stuff, I have all the car stuff. Um, let me see you turn it this way. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I've just got a little, a little corner of paradise over here. That's so nice. Do you like the Cardinals because they have the word car in them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always weird. Uh, I've always thought that. But, yeah, no, my dad was a Cardinals fan, and that's just how I was raised. Now that's – how hard on a scale of 1 to 10 will this podcast be to edit? This will take me a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, I want to try and soften up Dave Jeskow on this, so I'm trying to yeah. edit No, no, down. no, I'm, I'm not going to uh, – I'm not going to try to edit Jeskow. What kind of pen is that? What is that, from the 70s? Yeah. What the hell? It's a Nobody big has pen. a pen like that anymore. Look at that. They don't even make those pens anymore. Oh my gosh. Um, I've got it in blue. I've got it in red. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know. Oh, you know what? Look what one I have. I'm going to get it. Oh, you got him to leave. So That's exciting. good. Okay, now that he stepped away, let's talk. Yeah, what do you really want to know? I figured you guys would have all these questions that you never got a straight answer from that you would want to finally find out. I have a whole list of stuff, but I don't see, I, I don't know, I don't know what you... Banana pen from the 70s. Oh, see? You oh, yeah. Nice. Well, it doesn't work. I got it on eBay. <laughs> it's out of ink. It was like a marker. It's exciting. It is very exciting. It makes exciting. me have a, keeping it in my jacket for some reason. <laughs> I have a pair of lefty scissors. Ooh, oh, very no. nice. With the safety lefty? edges. Yeah. I'm a lefty, too. Once he picked up the scissors, we had officially run out of material. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I, I actually do have lots of stuff, but I don't know what you guys already talked about. So. Well, how about a few well, ads? Yeah, I'm sure we it's something different. Yeah. Well, did you already go? Dave said he didn't know what he was doing, so. Well, did you already talk about? Did you already go through how you started? You know why you even came up with the idea of turbocharge and how it was sort of this angry response to a Live Aid and the cars getting no, scooped, and B Def Leppard and their extremely horrid rockumentary. Have you talked about any of that we yet? We did not talk about. It. So, Dave, why don't you tell us how uh, the idea for Turbocharge even came into your mind? We already talked about that. Claudia, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Bobby>, what's up? Well, I don't. I, oh, yeah, right. We've never been on the podcast. I guess we've. The three you of and us I have talked been. about it first. Right, right. Yeah. Um, right. So, uh, that Def Leppard movie with Anthony Michael Hall is the one where I was like, all these movies, including Bohemian Rhapsody, all the movies about bands, the uh, biographies, are all the same. And when you're watching even the best of movies, like an Oscar, which I love Bohemian Rhapsody, but I'm just saying, you know, then there's also the lesser ones like a Def Leppard. You, they're all the same. You're just waiting for the one part, like, when do they come up with the song Bohemian Rhapsody? You know, you're waiting, you're waiting. You're waiting for the guy to lose his arm and Def Leppard. You know, this is it. Every time that guy's in the car, you're like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> so it's, all, it's these are all horrible movies. They're all like starting with no thing and then they're going to go up and somebody's going to be an asshole. And I mean, it's just like there's you just can't make a decent movie without it being kind of a joke. Right. Well, I, I want to point out that there are good ones, but just because because they're all not famous Hollywood movies. Well, that's, those are probably the best. So which, what's oh, the there's like, well, that Def Leppard one so, wasn't a film. That was just a TV movie. 
Right, right, right. But it's still like a mainstream. Did you movie. see the In Excess one? No, I uh, have you guys seen the In Excess one? No, I haven't. Oh seen my! It. Again, what the fuck? I bet the guy. It's always the same scene. The guy goes in the car, and all of a sudden he's whistling. Hold on, wait for me. I got. And he goes back in his house and he writes it down. And he goes back in the car. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's in every one of those movies. Where, oh, that's gonna become new sensation. Did they show how Michael Hutchins dies? Oh, no, no, because uh, I think it was for children, so I, yeah, right, right. He's, he, 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 he hangs himself, right? Yeah, but he's trying to get... It's an asphyxiation, right? Yeah, yeah, autoerotic asphyxiation. He was, now, he, there was a handsome fella. Hello. Yeah, but, you know, there's, there's, like, if you watch, like, there's a movie about Joy Division called Control that's, like, you know, exactly. So it's, like, you'd never see those films. So there are really well, good ones. Well, see, the ones, ones but... where I guess you don't know anything, why, uh, you know, those those are interesting if you're learning something, like Joy Division. But, right. like I said, like, something like, all the I mean, we all know about Queen, right? right? We all know what's going to happen. We're like, when does he get AIDS? What day? Is this the guy that gives it to him? Right. You know, yeah, you're waiting, you're waiting. It's still totally entertaining. <laughs> but the Def Leppard one was so fucking stupid. And Anthony Michael Hall comes in and he goes, I want this hysteria album to be as big as Michael Jackson's. You know, and it's just dumb. I don't know. It's just so that, yeah, yeah. So then I'm like, we should make a movie. What's a good band? <laughs> you know, that would be kind of a joke. No, he Yeah. You know, like, I'm glad you guys watched the movie because, like, for example, I, I did not see Bohemian Rhapsody. And Queen is my favorite all Yeah, how could band. you not have seen it? That's your Because I knew band. it was going to be stupid. I was oh. like, I don't want to – why would I want to see it? It was this? still entertaining, though. The guy – the performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. come now, baby. We're all going to make an album to survive. <laughs> you know what I didn't – I what I was disappointed about Bohemian Rhapsody was that – because, of course, as a Cars fan, I wanted Roy Thomas Baker's character to be awesome. I was wondering for that, too. They didn't even Same mention way. his name. I wonder if he um, – yeah, I think they called him Roy. I think that's all they said. And that's the I, thing, too. With our, with our movie, we at least, you know, showed some of the process, you know, right, like where right. they just didn't cut. They just were like, let's show when he gets eight. He's going to get eight. He's going to get eight. I mean, they just concentrate on the lead character. I mean, that's right. all which was the most interesting. But it's funny because it's such a... It's such a bummer for the other guys. that It's always the same thing. Right. They always sit there and go, he's losing it, man. He's losing it. It's just every <laughs> band movie is the same. It's it's the lead guy and he's a mess. Or, you know, I guess in Motley Crue it would be the drummer. You know, I mean, there's just there's one dude that just ruins it for everybody. And you're like, you know, when, you know, a Van Halen was one we were thinking of or I was thinking of. Huh. Um because that could be interesting too. They just, they just never end a, like sw- swapping lead singers. Yeah, just like keep forever. swapping lead singers, and <laughs> you know, Eddie's clearly a mess, even though he's awesome. Um, well, you could that would be great for you because you could totally play David Lee Roth. Is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Actually, that's uh, I wrote this pilot called uh, Ty Romeo, which was half based on David Lee Roth. Like when he was on Howard Stern or something, he'd be like, Howard. Like, cause it, well, yeah, it was based on a guy who's basically a Jewish boy who becomes this big rock star. You know, like, just, you know, has very good hair. And, uh, but, you know, he doesn't sing very well, but he's just really a little Jewish boy. You know, his nephew is the guy that owns the comedy cellar whose, you know, first name is Menachem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's true is that Jessica was enough of like a, a kind of a geek that he did insert that stuff in the you know what I mean? Like he wasn't 
because Hollywood would just kind of go for like the obvious like button pushing like what's going to make people cry or whatever mm. and so Jessica does love all the little like geeky like facts and so on so like I think that yeah that's why in our, in our movie I mean that all the every band member had a thing about him which the other movies don't do they only concentrate on the lead singer I mean can you even you know mention one scene with the other guys well you didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody but I'm saying like they just don't concentrate on the other guys. But right. I think every band, every guy we had was like a character of his own. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, which you know was different than all the other movies, let alone, again, I stand by my statement. You know, I, I dare anyone to make a real biography about the car. So, you know, that's what you get, people who hate it. Sorry. Well, because Although, the thing is, yeah. unlike all these other bands, they didn't have any, any, um, drama or any peak there was no infighting there was no nobody lost an arm nobody yeah so you had to take what their actual history was and that's what i think is also just amazing is that you could take a history that for the most part is relative to other bands is fairly boring and make it hilarious yeah no i think yeah and that's the thing so it's like right so so the first thing as i told you you know with uh Live Aid, and mm-hmm. they get put up in that little corner because of Phil Collins. So I'm thinking about this my whole life. I'm like, <laughs> you know, what a, you know, what a bunch of assholes. Phil Collins sucks, and Live Aid sucks, and what they did to them, and how humiliating that must have been. Thinking it for 20 years, and then when I started doing some research, and I, you know, I hear about that hotel thing, you know, and I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they're so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's just like all this kind of stuff, kind of piled on i guess in a way and and i had that song in my head for so many years i don't know why i was like if i ever write a song if i, I could write my own car song you know whatever i had it, it, it all, i don't know it all just came kind of i'm like let's just do it well and then you took, sucker. then you took <laughs> yeah. you know, other little elements like um david robinson dating the candio cover model and you you know blew that up into every female in the room and um their conflicts within the band when they started recording heartbeat city and how that you know really was sort of the beginning of the end and you the the scene when they're all sitting around and they're being introduced to mutt lang and you know greg says something about it being zappa-esque and they're all shut up greg and they're like freaking out why don't you go back to your effing martin mull band and he's like why don't you go f another kdo model just a whole like here's all that real life tension that did actually happen in their history but then you know their immature infighting in the scene itself is just so funny well it's like you know i mean i read a lot of books about them and and I did a lot of research on it, you know, and so I knew all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what bands do. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's like I wrote this John Adams thing and uh, all the facts, it's just like turbocharge, all the facts are there, but nobody knows what the dialogue is because nobody's there in the room. So I just make the dialogue (laughs) what I like to think it was, you know, Um, the other, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll give you a chance. Right, I was going to ask. David, I told you it was better when Doug, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> now I can't get a word in it. David got a chance know, to sorry. shine. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> trying to catch up. Yeah. Well, H. John, H. John, thank you. H. John Benjamin and Tom Shalou are, are, are awesome in this movie. And it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm a Twitter guy, right? 
And I'm always putting stuff on it. This is why we need to do on video. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's so much fun watching Donna laugh. I can't yeah. believe you guys don't do that. We hear, you know, when they first did the podcast, we hear laughing so much. This is so entertaining to us. To actually, I can't believe you guys don't do this all the time. Yeah. She doesn't do the silent laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't help yeah. myself. Okay, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't, just the mention of Tom Shalhoub is hilarious. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, I'm a Twitter guy, and like whenever I see Phil Collins post something, I always um, retweet it and put the the gif of um, uh, Kevin Collins. Cash doing the Collins. <laughs> oh, is that what response that? I don't know. What yeah, I would, and just to see if they'll say, "What is this? What do you, you know?" But um, but Ace John Benjamin, Tom Shalou. There's been times I've tweeted about turbocharge, nothing, crickets. And I don't know how they feel about the. I mean, do they know the movie's out? Yeah, do you guys out? keep in touch with these guys? They, do you talk they, about do it? Do they remember they were even yeah. in it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done Tom Shalhoub, Dave. Yeah, I keep in touch with Tom. I don't really keep in touch with John Benjamin except uh, because of my connection with Bob Burgers. But, yeah, we're not we, – we don't keep in touch. I mean, it's, if we see each other, it's delightful, but we don't keep in touch. But Tom, I keep in touch with. Uh, they don't know it's out. I'm not telling them. <laughs> but they're gonna do a search. I'm sure they search their name every so often and things, and it's gonna pop up. Like, well, let's hope it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure they'll probably have to take well, it down. Donna, wouldn't you agree that when we've shown the movie to a group, that the hello again scenes with with Shalou is She's probably great. the most laughter? Oh yeah, yeah. everybody loves that one. Ridiculous. I used to use him in all my projects. You know, I have a bunch of plays and stuff that I used to use him all the time, and he was always the showstopper. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say, so that is the one scene, you know, most of the film was filmed very like conventionally, right? We were like, we just follow the script and you close up in a wide shot, but because this is supposed to be like a mock, like a fake documentary or it's a parodying a real documentary. Yeah. Um, that was the one scene that really like came together in the editing room. Like there was no structure for it. And I built like, I take pride in that scene because it was really the one time there's a couple times in the movie, but like that was probably the, my favorite scene because it was the comedy was a lot of like how you cut from one thing to another and then back and you know and so like it was all yeah we had like three cameras that day or three or four yeah we had multiple cameras like we really shot it like a documentary and also I even though like I was telling you earlier I wasn't I didn't grow up I'm a little too young to have grown up for most of the Cars history like I was a kid then um, I loved that behind the scenes. Uh, that came in the video and I used to work at a video store and I would play that all the time. And then I'd fast forward to like the boot parts. Cause I knew like it was in the, in the video store, but I loved, like I would play the whole video, you know, I play all their music videos cause I love their videos. And then that would come on and I would just watch it. And like, so when we, so when Jessica did this, that was the one scene that like from the very beginning, I knew like I had it in my mind, like, okay, this is how is this going to work and whatever, because it's just such a great... Well, you're right about the editing. Is That's what it really is good. Like, you know, sometimes I probably don't even think about it. It really was good. And, like, all the scenes, like, where you're waiting for the approval right, right. of him to say... Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> just look at everybody's face. That's good. But also, we also found the perfect place to shoot, too. My friends owned this uh, place, and that's, that's where we had the... No, the that one was Social Club, right. yeah, 26th Street. And uh, that place was great. We used that whole, you know, we used every bit of that place. They had three levels. So we were able to, I knew a lot of people that owned a bunch of places. So we found some really good places to shoot. You don't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. So like, right. So the Phil Collins scene where he goes to the bathroom, that was <laughs> yeah. filmed in the same place. 
the where Kevin goes to the bathroom and meets him. The um the band playing at the end when no like, no no that was a different place. Oh, that was a different yeah. Place? They had a place on Thirty Fourth Street. That's where we also filmed the Shake It Up scene, uh, and the oh. end scene with Attell. That was all. That wasn't social. Club. Oh, that was that was a different. I don't even know the Chetty name of that Red. place. That no, Cherry Red was. Where we did the first scene, uh, wasting all my time. Right, right. <laughs> Where's the scene? Where, how about the one where they meet Irene? Where they come up with the name? Like the that was at the is- place where we did the and the big people thing. The big so yeah. it like there was like two or three locations that covered a lot of this film. We yeah, just it was used amazing. And those same corner. people, my friends own. I was part owner of one of those places. That was one of those things. Where, like, can you just sign this? Right. And I, you can get free drinks for life. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Filming in New York City is not easy or cheap, like normally. Like, everybody here is savvy. Like, even if you want to use a little convenience store or a bodega, they will charge you a shitload of money. Like, they, everyone, no one's going to, like, be like, sure, come on in. You know, like, it's not easy. Plus, where do you park? All the, ge- I mean, it's just like, yeah. film in New York is an expensive prospect. So the fact that we just kind of did it, you know, like the way I was used to making my films with my friends back in Massachusetts before I moved here, like, I I don't know that I was aware of it at the time, how hard that was, but Jessica just happened to know everybody (laughs) and made it all work. Yeah, I mean, if we went through the locations, you would be, every story has got a story, you know, because I know somebody who knows somebody, especially the scene in in the garage at Live Aid was filmed in my old office building at 360 Lexington Avenue. I asked the janitor. If we could use the carport, you know, for, you know, a day, and I think I gave him two hundred dollars or something, right. you know, and he was kind enough to let us use because I knew all the these guys also they the governor used to be in this building and they have a secret downstairs compartment. Well, I probably shouldn't have mentioned it. <laughs> it's like a it's a panel that goes behind, so the owner of the building doesn't even know it's there, and they have this secret room. It's it's quite phenomenal. They're really good. But that's why I know all those kind of people in all the buildings about the secret places. I always, <laughs> for some reason, become friendly with the, the staff, <laughs> which had which turned out to be very helpful in these cases. Except the one time when we were going to that place and it wasn't open yet and there was a janitor there and he spoke Spanish. I didn't know if Memo spoke Spanish and I didn't want to be rude, assuming he spoke Spanish. And he, and he wasn't talking to the guy and I was trying to go, I poquito español. And then finally he starts talking. I'm like, why couldn't you do that 10 minutes ago? I was watching you try and muddle through it. And I'm like, that's not helpful for anybody. I don't know that that's quite how that That's happened. exactly how it happened. <laughs> um, yeah, the locations are fascinating. Yeah, but even the recording studio, which was a great recording studio right. where we did the uh, Roy Thomas Baker stuff, <laughs> we found through my friend Vera, and she had another friend, and she's like, "Yeah, I think she's going to let you use it." And and then we had that, uh, and then she had another office space, Vera, where we shot the you might think stuff with the green screen and everything. Right. Remember how hot it was in there and everything. Right. It's just just friends who let us use their space for free. Yeah. You know, I took them out maybe for dinner after or something, and that was about it. It was amazing. And actually that same day, so we, the guy that played Howard Stern, um, <laughs> he he was going to do it another day, and then all of a sudden, like, the day we were shooting, I think he texted Jessica and was like, I can do it today or something like that. Because we, we didn't – we were going to shoot that scene that day. So, again, Gabor, who was like the, 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 like the unsung hero of this film, like just found an office room and turned it into Howard's studio. It's amazing. Um, in like a matter of like 40 minutes or something. And then we filmed it there, like the whole Ben Orr scene with Howard. Yeah, that's what you, it was. This guy was so unbelievable. And it's like, it, it bums me out that I 
you know, said what you said about his wife. Yeah. No. No, she's attractive. I, no, I'm just. I uh, no. I'm just kidding. Um, no, it bummed me out that we never that I never never mounted to anything in the sense that we could use him again because he's such a a pro. We would be doing something and then we'd hear sawing, electric sawing outside. And he was building that. <laughs> bar of soap that they're standing on oh, you know, at the end and we're like what's going on out there it's like oh it's Gabor he's designing a new wooden platform for us I mean it was unbelievable yeah wow and actually I have I've hired Gabor for like a bunch of the, my short films like the Sesame that stuff. makes me feel better yeah yeah no and he's great like he's an old he's I went to college with him so we're like we're old friends all he asked college. was to take him up to the uh, Upper East Side where they had a Polish uh, diner, or a Hungarian, deli, a Hungarian, Hungarian deli. deli where you could buy Hungarian meats. <laughs> Is he the He's one Hungarian. that provided the Hungarian book for Pengi to read? Yes, yes, <laughs> that was in his house. And I was like looking through his junk, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's perfect. It was like, yeah, yeah, that was in his house. Because that was another part of the movie. That was another scene that was like, what does that have to do? Like, I, is there a joke there that I'm missing? Just like the horse picture is like, why is Pengi reading some sort of Hungarian? book i didn't get that, that. was actually one I, this is new news to me i didn't know where it came from either yeah it was around his house you know it's like when you're i was animating i just added whatever little jokes i could think of or like, i think he's like throwing launching snowballs at the snowman yeah. thing, out of you know. the hair dryer where did the hair dryer come right. from was that one of your was that your one of your kids well, no, I didn't have any kids. If, uh, are you kidding? If I had kids back then, this movie would never have been made. This was, uh, this yeah, was this was a project children. for people that didn't have any kids. That's right. And now they all have kids, every single one of them. It's difficult. Um, Including Joshua. That's right. Um, but, yeah, no, it was. I think it was a prop that he had lying around. We, you know, he's got, like, a house of junk and stuff, so it was cool just going through and being like, oh, we can use this and we can use that. Well, I swear I thought he really was Howard Stern at first. When he first came on, I yeah, I did too. I that did was too. he was wow. so good. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's such an asshole. He's like, I mean, he's I've known him for years, but he puts on the wig. He's like, watch the transformation, people. <laughs> to say that it's a dick move, but goddamn, he, he was good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he owned it for sure. He had I'd the probably right say, to say that it. too. I guess as soon as he puts on the wig, he just was Howard Stern and. Oh, and then just to add to that, so then Robin, you know how we cut to Robin laughing all the yes. time? So so that was the same day we shot Howard Stern at night. We're cleaning up, and, we're, and we were being like, oh, it's too bad we couldn't find, like, Robin or whatever. And then as we're cleaning up, like, the um, cleaning lady walks in who's African-American, and she's, like, just starts, like, cleaning up the studio. And we're like – No, you said to me, you're like <laughs> – you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm always afraid to, you know, but I mean, certainly we thought of it, but I didn't even think of it. You were, you were, I was yeah. surprised you thought of it. And he was like, we could maybe ask. And I was like, <laughs> she was nothing but delightful. She was totally into it. We got lucky. And again, Gabor instantly created like her sound booth. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she just, we, she just laughed, you know, we're just, we just need you to like react. I think she's the only person that got paid. <laughs> 100 bucks to laugh. Yeah. Well, watching that, that scene with job. watching that scene with her and Howard Stern is what made me realize that I was Dave's Robin Quivers because I because <laughs> he just tells all these jokes, you know, and he's all rough around the edges, and I just go, oh, oh Dave, oh you. There you go. Right, guys, tell the uh, Donna and I have the. The, the longstanding history with the guy we call Big Salad, which is Elliot Easton's oh, brother. Yes. And oh, what a fun, <laughs> what a fun guy. We, the, the first time I talked to you on the phone, Dave, is when you brought up about 
him leaving the screening. Is there like anything where you huff, can huff, tell huff. us about that? Yeah, in a huff. Like yeah, it walked imagine. right by me and stepped on my toe. <laughs> but you guys, the, 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 the pre-story of that, and you guys probably know these people, were the group of like fans who were on this Frozen Fire listserv. I think Mary yes. Beth Cronin was there, Dave. Yes, yeah. Mary Beth Cronin. That's right, right. right. Uh-huh. And they somehow did. I don't know. If they no, emailed, we don't even know how they found out they, about they the screening. Emailed, it's a private screening at HBO. Yeah, they either emailed me or Jessgow. I can't remember. Definitely not who. me. I think they emailed me, and we're like, we heard there's a screening happening, which I don't even know. Like we said, we just it wasn't like a public event, and and they asked, and I was like, oh my god, somebody wants to come see this movie. Like, sure, you know. <laughs> um, and they came like a group of them. They were super cool. And everybody was cool except that dude. Well, they, and, <laughs> right. and so they brought him along and we're like, sure, bring whoever, you know, it's like it was just like a free Jessica just got the room. It was like a nice, a really nice theater and it's big. So we're like, yeah, anyone that wants to fill those seats, please, you know, come on in. And, the, and that guy, I mean, he stayed for the whole movie. And I think once the end where Elliot Easton becomes a stand up comic, was, <laughs> that's where he left. That's what pushed him that over pushed the him edge. over the edge, the ending, the very ending. Stormed out. We're like, what the fuck is the matter with that guy? Yeah, I remember because who the hell is this guy? Right. And then we found out later who it was. We're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> a lot of sense. Yeah. They, they kind of go. He told me through the years that he's not a fun guy. I mean, like, no, that. he's not a fun guy at all. Not at all. Well, clearly, he didn't get it. Yeah. Meanwhile, my mother said the same thing. So this is what, uh, so this is, what is this? I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is I how mean, you spend your time? Yeah. Uh, plus my friend, uh, you know, who's the lead guitarist for uh, Joan Jett was there, uh, where I saw him recently, and we, because now he knows it's released, he's like, what? Because <laughs> he's like, that movie's horrible. Like, <laughs> but now he actually likes it. He Now he finds it funny again. But it, it was, it was kind of the same thing, though, because I, you know, I invited a bunch of friends who, didn't know Just Gow and didn't particularly know the cars other than like whatever their hits were. You know, they, they didn't have like a predisposition to wanting to care about the story, but they had a great time. Like they walked out being like, that was hilarious. They had, you know, and I think part of it was when you watch it in a crowd, it mm-hmm. definitely is that kind of a movie, yeah. you know, than watching it at home alone. Yeah. And I told you the, the one time, which was amazing um, in, in LA. And I think I told you guys this, I was bringing the movie out because Jimmy Kimmel wanted to see it. And my friend Sarah Silverman was dating him at the time. She goes, Jimmy really wants to see the movie. Can you set up a screening here? And I'm like, absolutely. So I flew out to California because, you know, that sounds like a pretty good opportunity. And we set it up, but it was late. And in L.A., anything late, like it started it because he had to tape a show. So the screening started at like, you know, nine, which out in Los Angeles is a disaster. (laughs) And um, when I uh, so it was already kind of doomed in that sense. But as soon as the plane landed, she texted me and said, we broke up. And uh, <laughs> then it was even worse. So I got it at this place. Right, because the screening had to go on. People were already invited. And I had it at this place where they started playing DJ music at 9 o'clock. But they had this little back room, but unfortunately only covered with curtains. Oh, so wow. It was very difficult. But the screening room was beautiful and everybody was there. And, you know, it was going on. But I guess people were invested, or maybe this is an L.A. thing, because when the Live Aid thing came in and they cut it to the square, 
people applauded. They understood that the movie <laughs> led to that point. So then I realized they were invested in the movie and they got it. Right. And that made me feel pretty good. Then I got really messed up that night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Donna, you and I, we, we kind of went through the um, regrets when we went to Boston because we, we talked to David Robinson in person, had a chance to show him some of the movie missed out and then i sat next to diane uh gray page at the at the event and i could have showed her hey this is you this is you (laughs) this is you and your boy joshua remember joshua (laughs) the other regret we had dave was that uh, so whenever dave and i watched it in cleveland or in boston we had a group we showed it to other fans but we so wish that we could have just watched it at least once, just the two of us by ourselves, because we would be watching it in a group and these scenes would come out that we would just all the little nuances we got and understood and thought were so hilarious. And we would be looking at each other like, you know, this is so funny. <laughs> but we couldn't totally geek out because, yeah. you know, you're in the thing with the whole group. And so we did miss that opportunity to to just go full geek mode while we were watching it. Memo and I are still in awe of the fact that you guys like the movie. Because I, can't even <laughs> well, I wish really I could have watched like... it with you guys. I wish, I so wish you guys could have come to Boston and that the four of us could have watched it together. Well, oh again, my gosh. We, I guess we, we were, we thought there was going to be a screening. So that's why, you know, yeah. we, but obviously we would like, if you, if that ever, I mean, I'm totally up for, I grew up in that area. I mean, like I'm, I love, you know, I'm happy to anytime. Donna's like, made it very clear. She's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally want to go back. Yeah, that whole screen is it. This is the one opportunity you have to see me. This is it. Um, the difference between Boston and Cleveland. Cleveland was, you know, I said, hey, you know, I got all these people coming in. And, hey, is there a room you can kind of let us have for a couple hours? Oh, sure. Blah, yeah, come on in. Boston. They wanted to charge us, what, it was $1,500? Yeah, cha It's the Puritan thing. They're just jerks. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. That was really frustrating. So we ended up just watching it in my hotel room, I think, with a group of people, and it was super yeah, you know, short notice. And what? Oh, nothing. Sorry. He's just. <laughs> you know, I can see you, right? Making fun that you were watching it in your hotel room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's eternally 1983 with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Don't have time for the Me Too Oh my gosh! When you said the, the wasting all my time, the coffee house scene and the guys wasting all my time, <laughs> and that horrible bald mask and all that. The bald mask and the sound. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a long time to find that sound effect. Yeah, it was definitely it was it was difficult to film that and get it right. <laughs> Oh my so gosh. I can never watch that scene just once. I always have to restart it and watch it through a second time because it makes me laugh so much. Because Jessica, your face when you are doing Rick and you're just like like waiting for the time when you come in to clap and you're like, Did I do it right? Like you just have this like total duh and then or is just like, Okay, this is my partner. You know the <laughs> The other thing that makes it for me is how bad the clothes are, how bad the wigs are. <laughs> the wigs and, are awesomely awful. <laughs> please tell me that the, the gentleman playing um, Mutt Lang, that that was a wig. It scares oh, me if that was his that. real hair. <laughs> right? I, I think know. it was. Yeah, It was a jerry curl looking yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what? I, always forget, I, I was thinking the same thing, actually. I, 
pretty sure it was a wig, but I, I don't know him, so I, I don't remember it. I, I, think I mean, it I was. think it was a wig too, but I don't know. Because when I watched I it last night, I looked, and you could see sort of like the the plasticky hairs hanging off the end, you know? <laughs> it's a so. perfect wig. He looked great in it. I mean, oh, right? Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think they gave everyone a wig. Everybody wanted to wear a wig. It's they, exciting. They also requested masks and prosthetic. <laughs> 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 There's little things with with props and clothes that are in there that you know people may not catch. You know, like Dave Robinson wearing the Def Leppard shirt when he yes. meets Mutt Lang, and uh, the that was all like, from our costume coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> no, he went to a thrift shop and found all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. that was um, Greg Hawks. Yeah, Greg right? Hawks, the guy that played Greg Hawks. He did all the costumes. Oh, the the uh, the Queen shirt just tacked up into Holtzman's office. <laughs> Like he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't have it framed. Not just that. That was my queen shirt, and is that, that's the same shirt that um I think uh, Roy Thomas Baker's wearing. Oh, it is, right? I think, right? And um, it's you know, it's like I'm like a small guy, and so he is a big guy, so he had to squeeze into that. It took him like 20 minutes to squeeze into that T-shirt. Um. We had to squeeze into a lot of stuff. I know I did. <laughs> it was, it was well, the best fat part is that when you're in that tracksuit during the <laughs> during the, the choreography, I, that was that was the most comfortable I've ever felt in that movie. Right. <laughs> that was another of my favorite scenes because that was all like the, the editing, the dancing, and the choreography, like that with the to the Stallone Frank Stallone song, like that. Oh was, yeah. That was great. I had a great time editing that part. It was really fun. Hilarious, so hilarious. And this yeah, the gal so that does that was the dance teacher, and she's just she was so stereotypical in like, okay, you know, if you fall over, that's okay. You're in a safe space. You know, it's okay. It's one of the best actresses I know, and I used her a lot, or I used to use her a lot for lots of stuff. And we did Grease together down at the Comedy Cellar. You know, she played Sandy and everything. And then. She hasn't talked to me since because I yelled at her the way I yelled at Donna before. Yeah. So. <laughs> Donna, you're now in like an illustrious list of women. Yeah. Who... Mm. I, and I, the I wonder, I'm not sure how like... short that list might be. I'm not convinced that it's super short. Shouldn't she get a plaque for that? <laughs> she was being an actor. I mean, it's like, you know, when I do those things at the comedy cellar, people meet at five o'clock and we perform it at eight. And she was being an actress. And she's like, and I'm like, you got to speed it up. And she was getting angry that I kept saying, come on, speed it up. And she's like, I, I will get it right. I just need some time. Like, we don't have time. And, I, 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 you know, it's like I have to tell people, I'm like, if I'm curt with you, it is because time is of the essence. <laughs> like, I, I, I know it's a dick move. Some people don't like working with people like that. But it's like I have – we do one take and then we perform it live. So I don't have time for acting stuff, you know, like for, <laughs> with their acting – uh, I'll I'll get it right soon. Maybe the first take, and I'm like, first take, it's live. So yeah, so we got we got Marina got mad at me too because I was yelling at her because I'm like, come on, pick up the pace. I, it's a dick move, but I gotta I gotta get it going. You know, otherwise the whole thing doesn't work. Yeah, Jessica was part of the the Hitchcock school. Of well, I try to be nice, but it's like there are certain times you just have to unfortunately just you know motivate people and either they listen or they get angry so what are you going to do i mean it's like you know i mean it's my this i mean this the the live stuff it's my you know my name's like oh you see just gal's thing right. so i'm going to look like an asshole if they don't pick it up you know whatever um, <laughs> anyway you're welcome donna that you feel my wrath <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. it'll take me some time to get over that um 
Welcome to the club. You can talk to my mother and sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely felt Actually, the there is a support line if I can give you the number. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> Rachel, Irene, or uh, Rachel and Irene had to have an intervention with me the other day, so please do not take this personally at all. There are women in this very building that have been avoiding it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I end up making up with everybody eventually, but uh, I know you, know, you do. Kind of, I know you do. I try um, not to do. But. Let's talk about Kevin Cash for a minute because I love Kevin Cash. So much. <laughs> and just last night I watched, he was in a movie that uh, David Curry sent me called Parting Words. Did you watch that, David Curry? I haven't watched it yet. No, it's is on that Vivo, Ed right? Burns movie or... Is it what? He was Ed Burns. It was, if it was an Ed Burns movie, he was in a lot of Ed Burns movies. Yeah, I don't know that. But the other guy that was in it was uh, Joe Narcisco. Is that how you pronounce his name? Oh. Who was in Turbo Charge? Well, that's right. He was. That's right. I think he... He I was Jeff he has, Stein, right? Or uh, eight, what is it called? Like Alzheimer? No, uh, a he has some sort of disease. Joe Narciso, if he's still alive. Narciso. Um, oh, that's a shame. Oh, I don't know. I pronounce every name wrong, so I don't know if that's the way it's pronounced. That's a shame um, because he was Jeff. But they Stein, were best right? friends. They were best friends, so I don't. That's I found Joe through Kevin, so. Maybe that was Joe's movie that he made. Was it a short film or was it a No, it was a, it was a full-length movie. It's called Parting Words, and it was about uh, a group of friends, three guys and a girl that I guess grew up together. But then the three guys were married, um, and Joe was getting married to his bride at the beginning of the movie. And the girl, Laura, that they grew up with uh, apparently had some sort of fatal disease. And at, at, at um, Joe's wedding, that wasn't his name in the movie, but at Joe's wedding she announces during the toast that she wants to sleep with all three of the guys, which, of course, ruins the wedding and throws all of their relationships into this horrible, you know, wood chipper. And so it, that's the, the basic premise of the movie. And it was really quite good. It was a little bit dark, um, but it was really, really good. I just watched it last night. And Kevin Cash was amazing. He was one of the three friends, the three guy friends. And um, is he is he, when she announces that in the wedding, is he doing is he drinking a glass of water and does he do a spit take? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish he was. <laughs> I, I saw Kevin and I became friends because um, I was working at this club called Catch a Rising Star and I was auditioning people for this show that I used to do called The Loft, which was my apartment and everybody would come by and we'd perform it once a week. And he was in this sketch group with this girl that he was dating and she, you know, it was horrible, but it was very clear. He was really funny and, you know, just my kind of humor. Um, and then, I don't know, we just hit it off that day. And then we talked about that. We liked the odd couple and we're like, Hey, we should do the odd couple. Cause we were talking about acting and how we like acting. Cause he wasn't a comedian and how we, uh, you know, the, the old odd couple, play with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, I believe sometimes to keep it fresh, they would switch roles. And sometimes Jack Lemmon would play Oscar. And Walter Matthau would play Felix because they were really good actors, you know, so they could do it. So we said, well, we should do that. So we did the TV version of The Odd Couple Live and switched roles. And, just did, <laughs> and then we just became friendly after that for so long. And I used him in everything because he was funny, but he was a little difficult to work with sometimes. <laughs> he was a bit of a prima donna. But um, it's a fact that he was funny, and we became very, very close. 
I was at his wedding and his mom's funeral and stuff like that. We were very, very close. We'd go to his house for Christmas. I really liked him a lot. I mean, he's still he's still alive, you know, but he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't act anymore. He became a, a, a guard at uh, Rikers Island, which is the funniest thing. And he also got beaten up by the other inmates because he is a point. Right. That's a, a prison. <laughs> that's a a oh, it's a prison. It's a, the toughest prison in the world, yeah. the, the country. The worst place you ever want to go to prison. Yeah, it's it's in horrible shape. There's a lot of controversy. In fact, they're probably going to close it, which means he's going to what's he going to be do? out of a job, I guess. But yeah, he. Uh, but he's um, you know he's a tough guy and he's cool and um, uh, yeah, I think he's hilarious. We all think he's hilarious, but uh, what you know just and but he likes the same stuff I do, which is the sitcom based, you know, yeah. <laughs> anything. From- <laughs> gag, which other people don't seem to care for sometimes. His, uh, his Ben But he was handsome. The girls really liked him a lot. You yeah. Know? <laughs> what were you saying, Memo? I'm sorry. Oh, no, he, he was a pain. Like, he was, you know, everybody was pretty cool, and he was fine, but he was one of the more difficult people. You just had to, like, He would always say, oh, as long as I have a nice coffee, I'm fine. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, there's no money for this. You know, I'm doing the best I can. not going to go get you a coffee. All my plays and everything, I always had a part for him. Yeah. Um, well, I loved his – I just thought he did Ben so well and his exaggerated – well, I should say he did your Ben so well. Right. right. He was good at taking direction too in that sense. Yeah. You and meant he, Ben doesn't actually have an accent from Long Island or Queens or whatever. <laughs> the way when we told him to purse his lips and stuff. And just oh, yeah, the pout. Stuff. Right. He was really good at it. Like, remember that time when he was sitting listening to Roy Thomas Baker and he's – and he's sitting in that way that his <laughs> right. legs are out like a, like a girl would sit or something. It was so funny. He just didn't care, so it was cool. Yeah, oh, and him, just... and Joshua, him and Joshua were like the best duo. Like that worked really well. Like the way yes. Ray annoyed the shit out of him, and he was that was um, pretty brilliant. They were really good at that. The way they played off of each other. Yeah. I love when he encounters Phil Collins in the bathroom, and he's just like, "Oh my gosh, you're the best," you know, whatever. And he's like t- trying to take notes about how to oust, you know, and he's like, and then yeah, after Phil Collins leaves, and then and then he gets his super exaggerated pout. Is that's his best pout ever? When he because he's just all oh, like really ruminating well, yeah, on what totally, Phil Collins said. Yeah, he seemed to he seemed to totally get that part. That's that's what we were gonna do. Like every time something is, you know, the end or the beginning, just be brooding. You know, like, <laughs> you lose sexuality. That is, that was the <laughs> you lose sexuality. <laughs> well, that was, that's what we told him. Well, then he's getting... That, that's, that was Ben Orr's character in our film. Yes. And then he <laughs> would know. get his, when he would get, you know, his dander up, and he would have that Mike Wazowski sort of voice where he's all, you know, how do you yeah. expect us to play our instruments and sing at the same time or whatever he's, you know? <laughs> just, just all of his lines. Well, that... That was so easy because we always had a scene where he would break down. I mean, in everything we ever did, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah. it was fun. But again, like I said, you know, everybody had a character. He was the ladies' man. I was the weirdo. Greg Hawks was the nerd. You know, David Robinson was, you know, just the, the coolest guy. And Elliot Easton was cool. So I don't know. <laughs> womanizer. Yeah. yeah, David was the woman. I, yeah, and Elliot Easton was like super intellectual. I love when at, they're at the end and they're being interviewed by uh, for the before the Live Aid thing. Oh, Brian, not Brian Gumble. Yeah, Brian Gumble. Yeah, and, and they asked no, Greg Kevin, Kevin Brennan. When they were being no, no, she means no. Right before Live Aid is Brian Gumble. You know, 
when they're sitting oh, with the sack. Oh, right, sorry, the morning sorry. show. Right, right. Yeah, which my my daughter thought the sack was one of the funniest things she'd ever seen when they've got the <laughs> shirts on and they spell the sack. But anyway, Greg says something again about Zappa, much to the band's chagrin. And Brian asks Elliot, would you agree, Elliot? He's like, well, I don't know if I'd use the word chagrin. <laughs> right. So hilarious. You made Elliot so funny in his standoffish intellectual, continually tuning some stringed instrument. Right, right. Uh, that's what I was saying. He was always going to be tuning something, yeah. right? Because he couldn't play. So we're just like, well, you always be tuning. Yeah. You always are tuning. He's got a girl laying in his lap, and he's just right. like 45 minutes to an hour. To an hour. Oh. Right. <laughs> play me a love song. Uh, 45 minutes to an hour to tune. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. I think that girl was like 17. Oh. <laughs> uh, I did not know this. <laughs> well, you oh, know, my the, gosh. This, this whole turbocharge experience, um, you know, it's it's turned out to be a good thing. It's a good thing for the, the fandom. It's it's <laughs> it's 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 a part of it now, and it's just as much of a part of it as the Ben Orr book and and any other albums that have come out, you know, since they broke up and so forth. It's um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we went through this process and and had it so people could see it. Yeah, because you don't you're not a part of the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, we but, do feel I'm somewhat responsible. You, but yeah, I mean, it's but the, you know, th- this is one of those things that the people who have been in this fandom, you know, starting with that Frozen Fire uh, email list, right. that you know have heard about this movie and wanted to see it. what happened to Turbocharging? Is this movie ever going to be released? And so forth and so on. And now they finally, you know, gotten to see it. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of people get this movie and. Don't don't judge that on the fact of how many positive reviews, because notoriously people right. in the Cars fandom, they don't do a whole lot. They just, you know, they're not going to if you say, come on, man, if you like the movie, go make a positive review. Yeah, they're, they're like they're 70. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I you know, you get that. No, it, it's really I mean, I, you know, I like was behind the scenes for years on working on this thing. So, like, it's kind of. You know, it is really, really cool. I, mean, I appreciate that you guys have done what you have done. I do like, too. I really do because we were, we, I mean, for years, you know, like when are you going to put it out? When are you going to put it out? And like, you know, putting it out on, you know, really for everything to change in the sense of, you know, uh, streaming would made it easier. But we never would. If it wasn't for you guys, there's no way we would have put it out. And at least, I mean, it does make us both happy because, you know, we put time into it and it just went nowhere, you know, and, and so it was sad. So. You know, even if it's just the two of you that enjoy it, <laughs> it's actually kind of great. Well, yeah, we no, promise. There's more than just the two of us. We promise. Yeah, we've. I think we've got a good click going of people who who really you like. Know, I'm going to make fun of you forever that you two have ruined my life. Ruined your life. <laughs> I uh, I really love it. It's really great. And you two are so nice. And you know, I, I I'll feel bad about what I did to Donna for for a long time. But um, you guys are so great, and you've been such good friends. Which is why I think I treated Donna that way because now 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 she's that, in. That's she's true. In, you're yeah. you're now an intimate, you're which in, means yeah. you can get sat on. Like, <laughs> yeah, but no, you guys are so sweet and so nice. I really do consider you good friends at this point. You know, I think that's why we text and you know, I mean, you know, I don't give a lot of people my phone number. You know, <laughs> like I mean, I feel I feel safe with you guys. I like you guys a lot. You know, I I think we could all hang out. You know, I mean, you guys are so nice. And um, it's been nice to know you. I mean, I know we're, we're not, not going to know each other anymore, but I'm saying it. You're just nice people, you know, obviously. 
And for the other seven people that saw this, can you please let them know that we appreciate? Yeah, we both appreciate you guys. We appreciate your dedication to pushing us into putting it out and just, um, you know, I don't know. But it's cool. It's cool to hear, you know, like the, you get the jokes and, you know, because I mean, when you're making, even if it's a bad movie, you, it still takes forever. In fact, I just watched uh, The Room last night with some friends. You, you know The Room? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. It's a terrible movie. And, yes. like, I mean, it, it is god-awful. They made the disaster oh. artist, you know. So, like, but, like, I'm watching it, and I'm going, like, that still took a lot of work. Like, it's, it's, it wasn't, like, there was still a lot of craft involved in putting that together. Even those cheesy montages when they're making love and it's all these, like, that's still a hard thing to put together. Even what he did took skill in a weird way. So like um, yeah, I mean, if you break down our movie in a sense, and first of all, making it you know technically quote feature length is hilarious in itself. Everybody's like, why, everybody's like, why didn't you make it a short? I'm like, no, 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 that's part of the gag that it continues, it never ends. But if you think about all the time, like even just the montages and stuff we put together, where right. the hairdressers, yes, and, you know, the, the one phone booth left in New York City, right, and stuff like that. I mean. Um, you know, that's, that took so much time yeah. going out. All those locations, I keep thinking, if we went through the movie, we should just do a podcast on where we found those locations and who were the people that I knew that let us in. Like, even the hairdresser, that was my hairdresser and her mother that let us in there, you know, to use those, <laughs> those the hairdressers and the, the old-fashioned dryers and everything. And, yeah, you know, the, but uh, it, it is really time-consuming to think about it. The, the, the one shot where he's like a used car dealer. Oh, right, end, right, right. That's like a parking garage in Queens, and he just happened to have those little flags. So all those cars are just parked cars in like a parking lot, and the flags <laughs> make it seem like it was a used car. I mean, you know, stupid things like that, but like. Yeah, and then a couple of guys, they let us use uh, the comedy clubs. The owner of the clubs used to let us use the comedy club, you know, in the afternoon on a Saturday and stuff. It was, I mean, it definitely took a lot of time, even though it was a bad I mean, we didn't know what to expect, technically, but um, I mean, we knew Hilarious. it was going to be. Stupid. <laughs> well, plus all the people that, you know, like the crew, which was mostly my friends, like, you know, they would, some of them would drive down. Like, go, they go from Massachusetts. Boston and Washington, D.C. Right. And we'd meet in the middle every weekend and just got paid in food and lodging at Memo's house because I wouldn't let everybody see. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it was totally a labor That's the kind of love. douchebag I am. Well, True. let's, let's give a shout out because one of the people who, um, who's in the film who you can see only like his burgundy shirt and sometimes like a little corner of his face is um, Eric Green. Was one of the, he was one of the Atel uh, camera dudes, remember? Right, oh, he right. Was? Oh, yeah. He I was love twice Eric. in the movie. He was a camera dude for Atel and he was one of the reporters oh, in that yeah. quick oh, scene. Oh, was he? When they opened the doors and the press is there yes. and then they close it. So oh. he was in there too, yeah. I He's, love him. Yeah. I got to meet him in Boston. And it oh, out. yeah, that's great. Yeah, we went out and had um, – Joe Millick and I went out and had drinks with him and talked to him for a couple of hours. He's so great. Yeah, he made, that, right. he, made, <laughs> he made that documentary about VH1. Uh, no, V66. Which obviously, oh, v, sorry, V66, yes, which, you know, for us growing up in Massachusetts, we didn't have cable, kind of like your situation, Donna. And so, like <laughs> – <laughs> And so, um, so you know, we didn't have MTV or anything. V sixty six was like our one pipeline to you know, and they and they focused on like local bands. So like Extreme, The Cars, uh, Till Tuesday, they would come on, and it was like super exciting to see like a local thing with like 
big names that were like, and you're like, oh my god, and watching their music videos and and so like, yeah, VH1 is a godsend for us. So like, it's a very interesting like documentary. Yeah, but let's also not forget that he tried to double charge us for the closed captioning. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do the closed captioning? No, he no, didn't. No, he, he didn't. tried to oh. double charge us, so we had to go somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I see, just, I see. He, he, works, he works for, a, like, a real professional company, so yeah. their rates were higher than we could afford. He I was, see, I see. Yeah, he I see. was trying to sell us some nonsense. He goes, do you also need them in Hebrew? Because that would be like for dollars. Jewish contingent that wants to watch. Meanwhile, I haven't watched the uh, movie with the closed caption yet. That ought to be exciting. Oh, have you by any chance? Yeah, no. I, I did. did. You did? You? Yeah. How, How is, is it? it? It's it's pretty hilarious. I like it. Uh, there's a couple parts where it just doesn't work, wrong words or something in there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> Dave, you started up your DaveJustCow.com, and I went there this morning. And I know you got a link to the movie on there. Yeah. Uh, you, you, and you had said on your podcast that you were talking about putting some of your other things that you've ah. done before, like Greece and and yeah, yeah. I just have to edit them. Yeah, they're on video, I think, too. So, yeah, I want to put that up there, too. Like the Godfather stuff. Stuff I did at the Comedy Cellar. I thought that would be a good idea. Are you going to do Crusaders of Science? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's how I met this guy. We're, we're currently working on the Turbocharge Extended Director's Cut. Yeah. There should be one. <laughs> Deleted scene. We do have... We do have other footage. There is there is a, the uh, hospital scene. The, the classic <laughs> hospital scene. And the slow walk burn in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is amazing. I wish we could find that. Yeah, there was, I don't know, there's other scenes. I, I mean, that's, the big one was like, the, the opening, oh yeah, the open was different, because he's like, it opens, it's supposed to open oh, yeah, with right. him watching his like Weezer-like band, and he's like producing them, and there's a whole scene where like, the Rivers Cuomo guy comes, and they have a conversation. No, no, that's the end we have the conversation, where oh, it's like, it? he's like, so did you, because right, it's like, they use moving in stereo in Fast Times Richmond High, did you ever get to meet Phoebe Cates? I'm like, yeah, she was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have that scene. That's so we had, so we filmed that. like this. It was like sort of the bookend. I think we had to cut um, it out because he was such a horrible actor. Well, Wasn't also it just didn't make <laughs> sense. Like it was just was that a thing? Scene. It was just confusing. And the girl we had doing the music, we asked her to do the '80s music, but it was uncomfortable. It made it dark and creepy. It made it more like yeah. the Terminator. <laughs> It's more John Carpenter than uh, yeah, yeah. than the cars. I don't think she understood uh, our plan. She no, but also nice. just like narrative. That's when we had. That's the whole thing I was talking about, like bringing in the snowman and and all that. Like we just and needed that's what a memo, different. Yeah, memo just said you. This stinks. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Yeah, you're, but you were right. I mean, you were all right. I just I didn't understand. I don't understand. That's the way I write. I got to write in order. It's very difficult for me to be one of those guys that goes that starts from the ending. Yeah. And then, you know, re- flashes back. Right. I can't do it. Well, you know, I mean, just because a comic, right? So, like, if you read the script or if you take out the snowman stuff, that, which is how the script was written, basically, it's like it's just a series of, like, SNL sketches, really. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's just like here's a funny gag and here's a funny gag and here's a funny gag. And Let alone it's not in any kind of proper script form either when I perform. <laughs> oh, no, that's, I, like, that, I didn't care about this that. This is scene J. <laughs> and he's like, why are you writing in letters? And I'm like, I don't know how it's done. But that was just, that was fine. It was just more, it didn't have any structure. And so it's like, it was just a bunch of funny scenes with funny gags. Yeah, it doesn't say, and now Kevin Cash raises his hand and says, Lachaim. <laughs> 
Oh, Memo, it sounds like you've been on Dave's uh, podcast like the last two or three episodes. Oh, like we're doing one today in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so you are are you going to be more have more of a presence on on the Nightfly? I always want him to be a pre- I would like him to co-host all the time. He's just busy. Yeah, it's so just he just hard doesn't for me have to time. Come over. Yeah. He's my favorite guest. I mean, yeah, you guys work well with each yeah. other. <laughs> I mean, I love having him on the show. I mean, I like him. He's fun to talk to. He's knowledgeable. He's also good at uh, being like, don't say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> People don't like the N-word anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, no, he's so good, and people like him on the podcast, and he's knowledgeable, and people respect that. But he's very, very, very busy. You know, he's got the kid, and he, he's, he's working. You know, he's an editor and also a director. So editing is the most time-consuming thing there is because you will work overnight, you know, to do stuff. It's a, it's it's tedious. Plus what happens, you know, like my day job, even though it's a cool job, it's at Sesame Street, and it's a fun, great job. It still like takes up the majority of your week. Like if I could not have to work, and it's the stupidest thing you'll hear me say, but like if I <laughs> could somehow not work and just do the all the cool stuff, you know, like it'd be everything would be great. But like plus being a dad and all the other stuff. Yeah, plus like, he also works on like a bunch of other people's stuff and his own stuff. So that's well, I know I've had to say no to that. To like yeah, I mean I can't. That. I've had to, you know. But it's hard to do stuff on the side when you have a regular job. Now meanwhile, I've been. Not working for like seven, eight months. Right now, what's done your nothing. Excuse? I have okay. no excuse. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, so given that, I still do lots of stuff, but like. So what it is is an excuse. Then. That's a thing. <laughs> right. So now I'm off work, and it's clearly an excuse. All right. But to answer your question, I I, I won't be a regular co-host on uh, Jessica's podcast. But it'll come on frequently. But, uh, yeah, I do what usual. I can. I enjoy coming over. Like if I can make it, you know, if I can. It's really He's fun. here today. He's gonna. And we're doing a podcast with uh, little Scotty Gorstein in ten minutes. Doing the and, Oscar uh, podcast. Picking so. the Oscar picks. Yeah, and th- and that's the one you'll be have out on uh, Tuesday, correct? That's right. This yeah. Turbot charges in the uh, running. I don't know if you saw the. <laughs> oh yeah. The <laughs> list. So. And then I taped uh, two at the cellar this week. I uh, went. Uh, I had Larry from Three's Company on. That's right. That's right. It was great. Yeah, it was really really fun. He's such a sweet guy, such a sweet guy. And I had that theater critic from the New York Post too, so that was fun too. Well, I'm going to wind us down, gang, uh, since you guys have to get ready for hey, your you podcast. Do you want to see what it looks at uh, my bedroom window? <laughs> yeah. You can unplug this? I can unplug this because it's just a battery. It's exciting. While you're doing that, Dave, I'll mention to the folks uh, out there that you go to DaveJustCow.com, get your turbocharge information. If you go to TPublic.com backslash user backslash turbocharge the movie, you can get turbocharge swag. Ah. Wow. Is that exciting? You. That's the big city. Can you see okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and remember, you listen to my podcast, here's that that crane that's outside my window. Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Thanks thanks to uh, Memo and Dave for joining us. And... No, thanks. This was really. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. This yeah, we great. could all do it again. I mean, it's super fun. We just we like talking about the movie. It's really like a dream come true because from the minute we even discovered that turbocharge was a thing, to the you know just being like we've really we've got to get a hold of these guys. It's got to we got to see this somehow because this website is so weird. And then to actually be in contact to get a copy and get to watch it and then pod about it. And then to actually have you on, I mean, it's just this, this progression of life just getting sweeter and sweeter. 
Next, we're going to show up at your house for dinner. So. <laughs> Come on over. No, that's what we used to say about Frank Stallone. That, that, that's how he gave us the rights to use his music. But you have to have dinner, have him over for dinner, too. Like, that was the deal. You could use his music for a year and a half, but you also have to have him over for dinner. And he needs to play sleep. Wow. That's Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I, I've been – this is awesome. I've I, I, just even somebody giving shit about, you know, asking you questions. But like, now it's like, it's nice because you, most of the time you're just in a It's room ironically life. a dream come true for us, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice. it's really nice. Yeah, we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Thanks for making the sacrifice to come on a, a podcast with crappy audio. And <laughs> Memo, it's so great to meet you too, Memo, because you you were sort of the um, – because we haven't connected with you yet, and so it's just so great to meet you finally and get yeah, to chat yeah, with you. Yeah, same and, here. Yeah. Thank you for great. reaching out. Um, yeah, it, I know. told you she was cool, right? <laughs> oh, do more. Yeah. Do more Vinnie Barbarino. Yeah, just take us I, out with Vinny Barbarino. I'm going to show you a bit of the city, you know, before you took off. I thought you might like it, right? We'll <laughs> <laughs> slow down on the tram, goes by every 10 minutes. I think you'd like that. Somebody like you'd probably enjoy that. <laughs> This has been a good time. Listen, I'm sorry about what happened. For us. Sometimes I just get emotional, right? That's the Rick Ocasek voice you should have used. I know. I messed up. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it sounds like Travolta. I, sometimes I just get emotional. I, you know, an emotion in motion. Rick, why are you so tortured? <laughs> I don't know. I'm attracted to you. I... <laughs> You got. You told her where you got that voice, right? Do like, do they know where you where you got that? Character? Where did I get it from? Where did from you get it? Um, no, from uh, what's his name? No, that was an accident, I think. Well, that's Eugene what I mean. Levy? Yeah, from Eugene Levy. No, we just realized that Eugene Levy was talking like that after we we did it. Really? the mighty wind. In a mighty wind, he plays you know like a folk singer. No, this is the way I just thought Rick Ocasek talked. <laughs> like, because I'd never heard him speak. Right. So, no, I mean, I get that. But, but then, if, but if you listen, out, yeah, you like watch the Mighty Wind, and or maybe I don't know. Because it's like if you watch a Mighty Wind, he he's like he plays this like really checked out folk singer who was like big in the '60s, and um, and then that. But watch it now with that in mind, and like you'll get. I mean, yeah. yeah have you ever seen it? No, Movie? I wrote it down. I oh, then down. you'll you'll see it's it's pretty much the same voice. <laughs> it's a Christopher Guest parody, you know, like waiting for Guffman. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no way you're not going to enjoy it. I it's, mean, it's really good. funny, but yeah. like, but yeah. but he plays Eugene Levy it brilliantly plays this checked out. In fact, the guy. song that they sang was nominated for an Oscar, and they sang it that him and Catherine O'Hara sang it on stage at the Oscars that year. It was Fun. really really okay. nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is very similar to when he goes wasting all my time. Time. <laughs> Just just watch the movie and you'll you'll appreciate it in a whole new level when you watch it. Where I never get enough of that scene. That might be my absolute Actually one of my favorite scenes that I always laugh at but no one else does is um when I'm introducing Mutt Lang to the band. I think I forget Elliot's <laughs> <Jesus> name. <laughs> David uh, oh, David Robert. I, mean, I did it on purpose, but I, I thought that was part of yeah. He has no idea. Rick doesn't even know the other members of the band. And this is. Uh, <laughs> and that makes me laugh every time I see because I know, but I don't think anybody else noticed. Well, you guys do now, but. Uh, <laughs> this is. Uh, uh, yeah. 
David Robinson. <laughs> of course. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, it's my gosh. Four of us oh. can enjoy but, My you know. gosh. The other thing, I know, I, I, I know you guys have to go. Guys. I know you guys have to go, but um, the other thing that is so funny to me is Elliot Roberts. He just because he, he has these awesome lines when he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what to say, fellas. This has never happened to me before, and I've managed <laughs> two other bands. And I've managed one other band, right. or yeah. two I've, bands, yeah. two other <laughs> bands. And then when he's, he's in, when he's in the office talking to Holzman, and he. <laughs> The guy's like, I got a nose for music, and I got a nose for money. And he's like, do you have a nose for news? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> you know, some people have a nose for news. That'd make you a triple threat. <laughs> I mean, you know, John Benjamin might, will make any. I mean, his delivery is unbelievable. He really no, it's can't. perfect. It's it's perfect. Dry. Are you high? A little. <laughs> I put that in every movie I ever made. You high? A little bit. Always. Because I think when we do that with the machete as well, isn't that also in the when movie? Yeah, yeah. Phil with the, not today. Yeah, not, yeah, today. not, not today. today. Not today. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Phil. How you doing? <laughs> that was Sorry. not acting, by the way. He really is that way. <laughs> that was CG. Oh, the lights. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, John Benjamin, like when you know, asking about the suit when after he leaves <laughs> the dance scene, and he's like. You know, see you later, guys. And I mean, he's that's all him, and he pops his head back in. Fifth Avenue, fifth and what? <laughs> like, I don't know. The guy went in the thing where John Benjamin's getting a suit, a new suit, while we're at Live Aid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy, the guy, the black guy. That's my. That was my old doorman. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's like a gregarious guy. He was perfect. Yeah, he was perfect. He goes, no, it looks good on you. It looks good. It looks good. <laughs> but that, that, there's nothing better also where he just says, I have something else to do. I can't come to Live Aid. But he, he clearly had nothing to do. And he just was like, but I'm working for you. I'm going to be working for you guys. Because I get you stuff. A that's detective what I do. show. <laughs> that's what I do. I get you guys. You guys want it. that's what it we you. wanted to do also. We wanted to make, you know, I mean, in our minds, we were hoping the movie would be take off. In a, not an Oscar way, but in a way, in a cult way like this, and then we could make a series. You know, we're like the monkeys. You know, yeah. we always had gigs, and we have stupid stuff going on, and then we get our own detective show in the series. I mean, I really wanted it to continue badly. I, would, I still do. I would love it. I that would I wanted, be I so wanted to do a Cars TV series like the monkeys, where we get into situations all the time that's even stupider than the movie. And they have their cars mobile. Yeah, we have the cars mobile. That was totally my plan. That totally like the, like the cars one they haven't shake it up or something, and we just you know pimp that out into something, you know. And, they, and when you go inside it, there's like a whole back room that's like 20 feet long. You know, it's like a secret headquarters type of thing. Yeah, I mean that was I mean that was our plan. You know, I mean, we wanted oh to do gosh, more. We so enjoyed the characters. So funny! Oh my gosh! We all liked we all liked working together. Yeah, you know, it, was it, was, fun. It, it was fun. Oh, thank you right. so much, Memo. We really appreciate it. Do you want? I also have what should I do? I should hit the hang up button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just get the red hang button. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye, you guys. Bye, David. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for being on. All right. So Dana. Hi, Dave. Have you done any news stuff? Do you have news? 
No. Do you? Um, I do. I have a couple of little things that I wanted to bring up. Uh, one of them is, uh, I don't know if you remember the Empty Hearts, the new album's supposed to come out on the 14th, February 14th. So I've been kind of waiting to see if there was going to be any pre-sales or anything like that. And they've released a single, there's a video out. But then uh, I hadn't heard anything. And so um, I actually saw on Twitter, somebody asked Elliot Easton, um, you know, oh, it's coming out February 14th, right? And his response was August. August? Yeah, August. So I'm not sure what's up with that. I haven't heard anything else other than that, but it was an official EE tweet. So, hmm. yeah. So I'm curious about that. The other thing I wanted to bring up was just to give a shout out to um, Peter Montgomery and Barry Marshall. Um, Peter Montgomery is in a band called the Montgomerys. They put out a new album called First World First World Problems. and No, First World Blues. And Elliot Easton plays on, I think, like nine of the tracks. The interesting thing about it is they're a Boston band and Barry Marshall, the producer, who also plays on it, I believe, on the album. He knew the Cars back in the 70s. And there's an interview with um, Becky, our friend Becky, um, just put the connection together. There's an interview with the band on WBCN. All the guys are there talking. And one of the callers that calls in is this guy, Edgar. And he calls in and he wants <laughs> to know why Elliot doesn't sing more vocals. Well, Edgar is Barry Marshall. He was pretending to be this guy and asked a question about Elliot doing more vocals because I guess behind the scenes they had had some conversation about it. And when he calls and says, oh, I'm, this is Edgar and I want to know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And David Robinson says, that sounds like Barry Marshall. Like you can hear him call him out. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, 40 years later, we make this connection that here's Barry Marshall, this producer, and he's in a band himself called the Marshalls and who's they're playing uh, February 15th in Cohasset. I guess. And um, anyway, so there's all this sort of historical connection going on. The Montgomery's album, First World Blues, is really good. It's really fun. I really want you to listen to it. I've posted a couple links on the Elliot page, but I'll put some on the Night Thoughts page. Good stuff. Okay. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. Some good stuff going on there. All right. Fantastic. All right. All right. Well, once again, let me thank uh, Mr. Dave Juskow, Mr. Memo Salazar, creators of Turbocharge, for joining us for this um spectacular podcast <laughs> and hey as we always say stay fresh cheese bags bye thank you for listening to night thoughts the cars podcast wherever you found us itunes soundcloud or youtube make sure to subscribe and leave a review send us an email for the midnight scroll at night thoughts podcast at gmail.com as always, Night Thoughts reserves the right to edit or not read an email on the air. You can follow us on Twitter at The Cars Podcast. Grab yourself a podcast t-shirt at tpublic.com backslash user backslash Night Thoughts. All the cool kids are wearing them. Oh, and finally, search for The Cars Night Thoughts on Facebook and join our group page. P.S. I am totally Team Rick.